Mastering the Storm is the Heroes of the Storm podcast on the Anchor.fm platform. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to Mastering the Storm, a Heroes of the Storm podcast. I'm your host, LDAP, and I'm joined by... Wenzeltron. What's up, everybody? We're back very quickly, because, you know, time looping and things. <laughs> like crammy time loop, man. It's, yeah. It's been throwing me, man. Get a short week. You know... <laughs> I saw this thing. This is totally just a random tangent that I just thought of right now. But um, <laughs> there was a like a WTF moments on YouTube that I watch randomly, you know, for heroes. Mm-hmm. They're all over yeah. the place. Heroes has a ton of these videos, which is crazy. But um, yeah. there was one where this the stitches got the amazing hook on the healer. And he, he got I think it was like an Anna or Deckard. And he brought him right to a keep because it was like a front wall down. And he was like, ha, yeah, we got it. And then all of a sudden, Anna just disappears because apparently... Right as he got the hook, the Anna or the Decker got time looped, <laughs> and with, like the like the gorge dispelled the the effect over their head, the little hourglass. So like okay. you didn't know why they teleported back. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was so crazy though. I was like, that's a reverse, you know. Yeah. I was like, damn, your team just screwed that all up. <laughs> so how's your week been going so far? Pretty good. Um. This week was a bit of a slower week for me with school and stuff. Uh, I had some extra time and focusing on getting homework done earlier in the week. And then I got a backlog of like three-ish episodes to edit for the other podcast. So it's kind of ironic that I'm talking about it now because we'll get into something about, about that later. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a, a little bit more editing on the back end for my other podcast because I'm using a handheld recorder now. That's uh, It's a Zoom... Uh, f- uh, 4N Pro. So it's got two aux ports at the bottom and then the normal microphone that records stereo. But when I record with the aux mics, they record left channel and right channel so I can split the lines. So I have to go back in and make the, the each side stereo and save copies. So it's a little bit more work on the back end. Not much work once I get like used to it, but yeah, you know, getting used to this whole, I guess I'm an audio person now. <laughs> I don't hear you. What happened? <clears throat> now you can hear me. Yes. Okay. I'll edit, I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like maybe if I click on something uh, browser-wise, I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, uh, so what I said was um, it's been an interesting week for me. Uh, head off on Monday, so. Uh, oh right, because it was uh, Columbus Day, right? That's correct. That's correct. We were just talking and about that at work, but I didn't know anything about it because I don't have off days. <laughs> so what I'll be saying is that, you know, it'd be interesting if Blizzard found a way so that if you're playing one of your pro- their properties, it would affect how the other property worked. Like if Ooh. you're doing because right, right now, I feel like I'm cheating on WoW by playing HOTS because right. in WoW, you have to get your, you know, your Azerite. And I'm able to keep up with it for the most part, but I'm just starting to the you know the Azerite stuff, the level your uh, your Azerite gear. Yeah, but I I just I feel like it's such such a grind, and I'd rather just play Heroes of the Storm because it's so exciting right now playing Hero League. <laughs> there's got to be there's there's I wish there was a way for like if you played so many uh, games like so many matches it like you it would, would like translate Azerite. over as some sort of uh, like, like daily quest reward kind of thing. Right, right, right. You have gold, right? So you have gold and you have uh, gems. 
maybe like and some XP, but like maybe you could take a percentage of that and it turns and convert it into Azerite so your Azerite cure doesn't fall off. <laughs> That'd be kind of really cool, right? Because then it's like rewarding players for playing more of their games. Like they yeah. have some cross promotion, but I feel like Heroes is so like it's so geared toward it, right? Like it's it's really easy you to get. Take, you can take Wild Gold and buy sh and stuff with it through all the other Blizzard properties, right? <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like if you just homogenize it and then you just rack in those sweet sweet dollar bills kind of like what they did with the twitch stuff right where when you buy yeah. stuff or when you give bits yeah. on twitch you get the the team gear yeah. and just loot boxes and things like just do it in game right because then it doesn't yeah, feel as yeah. bad if you're like fuck i'm taking a break oh i don't know yeah i think that's the first time what? i've sworn on here <laughs> what was interesting like now paradox did a video where he was talking about hey you in um starcraft which i also feel like i'm being i'm cheating on and i'll talk about in, in a second so in starcraft he really likes the co-op mode you know because that's real popular right now and he's mm -hmm. wishing that they could take a mode like well, he wishes that heroes would incorporate something like that into heroes of the storm i think he's his angle is to make it like a trainer you know per se but uh you know and i was you know i kind of I kind of I said I like the idea because I really do, but I don't. I think Blizzard is really kind of cautious about putting a PVE mode into Heroes of the Storm, only because they you know they have all these other properties that they that would, are they would, do that already, or, or they'd be taking demonetizing them. Like if you put co-op. Oh, mode, I didn't even think about that. Right, right now StarCraft, the way that they make money is selling those heroes for the co-op mode, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, and the skins, right? So if you were to take that and put it into HOTS, well, then StarCraft might demonetize a bit, you know? Right, yeah. But I also said that it also seems like it's Blizzard's, uh, if they have to prop a, a cash cow up, like, say, World of Warcraft, they will take something from, like, say, Diablo, mm -hmm. you know? And, and figure out a way to incorporate it into World of Warcraft to keep the eyeballs going to that property. So that being said, you know, like I said, I, 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 I'm I feeling kind of like I have to make tough choices now. My, my heart wants to play Heroes of the Storm and get better yeah. and, and <laughs> hang out with you. But then I have this guild that I feel like I've kind of been married to for a few years and they have needs. Uh, we've been doing okay, though. I mean, but I feel like not having my Azerite, you know, is not good. Right, because so it's like... like it keeps you behind by just that much of a percent for progression purposes. And I guess the theme of this episode is the subtle art of just not giving a fuck. <laughs> I mean, you're wrong, right? And, and it's a really good point to bring up. And I think I've been developing that about my Azerite power. <laughs> like, See, you know I, what? I developed that a long time ago, man. To For me, the reward to grind out, especially when it gets easier over time, mm -hmm. like, that's just not fun for me. You know? Yeah. Like, to grind out thousands of Azerite just to get one eye level is not cool. <laughs> it's actually two. Two eye Ooh, levels. two. <laughs> but, like, what is it stat-wise? Like, like, bleh. Well, the, the thing is, is if you get so many, you get to unlock plus five on your, uh, yeah. your Azerite gear uh, <laughs> eye level. Yeah, but... <laughs> well, I will say this. Yesterday fun. I had a... <laughs> We, we, yesterday we did um, heroic. Uh, the first three bosses heroic, and on the la the third boss, it's my loot boss, and I got two pieces of gear for my uh, my extra roll. Hey, there you go. So I'm, I went up five item levels in a day. So, Ooh, so what are you at now? Uh, seven or sorry, three sixty three. I really like so, that. Yeah, this is two. snuck in as another wow episode accidentally. Well, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's therapeutic, you know. Yeah. But uh, I, that, I 
caught up on uh, some of your podcasts, and I really liked the one episode you did with your friend because you know you said he was always kind of chill and kind of he's always he's like the exciting one in, in the impulsive one, but he also has this kind of attitude that uh, he just doesn't give us you know he doesn't give a fuck. He's about just himself. You know he's like I mean? unashamedly right. him. He's is very, what I said. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that, and that's yeah, that's probably better better to say that yeah. he's authentic. He's, he's very he's authentic, like so. Yeah, it's really interesting because so that's episode number thirteen of Feeding Curiosity. For those interested, we can link it in the podcast or the description here too. But uh, yeah, like so for me, when I go into these conversations, right, he's like one of my closest friends. I've known him since like grade school, and uh, I always want I try to get my friends into this because for me, like you know, you're you're the what is it, the sum of the five people you most associate with? Well, I have, like, mm-hmm. a group of, like, ten friends that I've been, like, well, like, it's, like, five to six that I'm, like, really close with, and then there's, like, a ne- nexus of people that are, like, expanding outward now because of the podcast. But, like, for him, I was trying to get him in on because he's not intellectual. Like, he doesn't read a lot, and he doesn't do, you know, a lot of the, the synthesizing and mastery things that I do, at least not overtly, right? And... Right. And I tried to get him on. I was like, dude, you need to talk. Like, you're an interesting guy. Like, you have a story to tell. Like, everybody has a story to tell. That's, like, part of my podcast. And I, so I asked him, like, all right, all right Eric, his name's also Eric, too, ironically. But um, <laughs> you're going to come on the podcast, and I got one question for you. You know, I want you to just talk about being yourself. And that was it. And he's like, dude, I'm in. And it was like, oh, like, from, from that moment, it was done deal. And it was, like, amazing because... I got to learn things about him that I knew, but he said it in different ways, right? So he told stories about, like, you know, what he's interested in now. Like, he wants to try welding and things like that. And I thought that was really cool because, uh, like, before you are talking about the podcast, you had mentioned, like, his, his awareness of knowing that traditional schooling was not the right way to go for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important. Like, having yes. the aw- awareness to not be pushed by societal norms to be like, well, everyone goes to school, so I have to go to school. Wrong. Completely wrong. Dead wrong. Like, (laughs) you don't need that. Like, you just need to follow what you think in your heart, right? And as long as you don't stagnate in whatever way that is for you. Yeah. And, you know, I think that society-wise, we're dealing with a time where we live in a world of abundance. Yes. Whereas before it was rather scarce. There was a lot of scarcity, right? So there was a lot of opportunity to work hard, yeah, you know, so but now you don't have to work as hard, you know, and and I think a lot of parents are encountering this this new concept called failure to launch where their children, once they turn 18, stay stay put. They don't leave. They don't. And then they don't feel like they're good enough to go to school. So, or, you know, I have a couple of friends that are in this model where their their kids are basically playing World of Warcraft, you know, or saying on Discord and things like that. And. You know, there's that aspect of it as well. But the reason why they're doing that, and I think it's because they they don't know what to care about. More importantly, they don't, they worry about everything. You know, it seems like they're not. It seems, but the reality is they're kind of in conflict, and they and they are having a hard time caring about something specific and being passionate about it. Yeah, does that make sense? And like with your friend, my stepson's is, is an example. He went the he tried to go to community college, but he was he just didn't fit in. He's not a traditional student. He's not a conformist. He's a nonconformist. And mm-hmm. yeah, in, today's exactly. <laughs> society, in today's society, being a nonconformist is probably, you know, not very, you know, 
in in like social settings like school, it's probably not looked upon as positive. It's probably looked upon more like you know you're a goof off and and there's negative connotations with it. Oh wait, I but totally like, yeah. My friend was the same way. Like people thought he would just slacked off, right? And yeah. thought he was like stupid or something. And I was like, you know. That's surface level version of it, right? But when you really look right. at it, it's like, no, he just didn't fit into the box that school gave, gives you, right? It's like putting a square right. peg in a round hole. <laughs> and, you know, uh, the, the reason why I think this is topical for years of the storm is I think there's a lot of symbiotic attitudes. People feel like you have to understand the meta. You have to. There's there's a lot of not, you know, non, you, know you have to conform in order to win. Right. Right. So, a game like Here's the Storm, where there's conformity is a, is a is a factor for success, might be holding it back to some degree. More mm-hmm. importantly, like games like Fortnite, where it you know kind of promotes nonconformity, being individually individual performance, um, might be becoming more successful just because they don't have that conformity model, you know. And but yet we still like it when we see ADRD, right? You know, come up with some innovative. Uh, I mean, he's like one here. of the most fun people to watch because you're just like, what is he going to play? You know, he's like one of the first to play Medivh, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and his team, Team Octalis, is, uh, is a pris- prismaticism. Oh, yeah, prismat, and then Justing with the the yeah, Justing uh, with the tank with stuff, the, <laughs> right? So they have learned. You know, basically they were conforming, and now they're like saying, you know what? Um, I don't want to conform to that anymore. I want to come up with the strategy you haven't seen that you're not scrimming against. And I want to turn that into a strength um, for us that we can come in with different looks. And mm-hmm. you might you might see some of those looks prior, but we're going to constantly change it up. That nonconformist attitude and approach to the game, it might not lead to success. I'll be honest with you, but it'll definitely be entertaining. Right. And it might lead to success. You know, I mean, (laughs) um, but statistically speaking, a lot of times conformity and using statistics and going with, you know, statistical models, homogenizing things sometimes is more successful. You know, but there are times when you look, if you can go beyond the surface, if you can look at the analytics of something, you might see things other people aren't seeing and find strengths. And that's the whole money ball, like a Lewis thing, you know, where. You know, they used analytics to turn a uh, franchise around, you know, so I don't want to get that's not really what I'm trying to. <laughs> you know, I'm, we're not this is not the Moneyball episode. No, it's definitely know, not. But, but a lot of people are trying to play Moneyball when they play Heroes of the Storm, right? They are looking at win mm-hmm. rates. They are looking at um, talent picks, you know, which ones are more successful. Um, and they are trying to use like hot logs as their kind of like, you know, tabla risa to determine how to play the game better. Mm-hmm. Um and that's not necessarily good. You have to have the experience. Remember, like I said, it takes about 30 to 40 hours to master something. Right. <laughs> that's a long and time, so, right? Especially right. if you make that into games for heroes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it takes a long time. And there was a, a post today on Reddit where this this guy who's made a few posts, um, he's complaining. He says, you know, I'm a bronze level player and I've asked you guys for help. And it's just not, this community is not very helpful. And the community has provided him access to all these resources. You know, the, the new player guide that we post on Reddit, uh, several YouTube, you know, popular, you know, yeah. YouTubers like Not Paradox, and you know, you know, I mean, the the the, bit, the standard stuff that comes wherever a new player says, well, "I need to know the meta," you know, go to Hot Slugs. And he's like, "Well, you guys aren't being helpful." And I, you know, I finally spoke up. And number one, I thought his post was rather like a clickbait title. 
basically he was calling us out. And it's really, it was a, you know, he basically, his premise was, well, I, I used an, um, another account. I was able to get yeah. my placements, but I'm still stuck in bronze. And so really his whole thing was, a, it was a MMR held post, you know, like the call right. And I said, you know, listen, you know, I get what you're saying. I don't agree. I think because you're just being clickbait, but here's the, you got to take some responsibility here. And here's my approach, you know, like yeah. I played for an entire year, entire six months and just played every year to 15, just so I had a baseline. I mean, that's of crazy because, because yeah. if, well, if you want, because if you listen to like the, the BlizzCon stuff, like from last year, or the, mm-hmm. the, from the virtual ticket, they said that they, they could, they could look at the skill drop off of, or the skill increase of players. Right. So about level five, it starts to level off. And then by like yeah. eight, and nine, your skill increases again, right? Because now you're getting mastery of the hero. So for you to go above and beyond to take a hero from 8 to 15 on every one of them, that's a huge jump. Like, if you look at your standard deviations of skill, I mean, obviously there's going to be more factors than just that. But, like, having that many games under your belt gives you an advantage. Yeah. It's experience, it's uh, game knowledge. And it's more importantly, you know, it was an emotional journey, right? It wasn't just, you know, it was an emotional journey because I'm getting frustrated because, you know, sometimes I don't understand. Basically, what I would do is whenever I get a hero is I go to, like, watch uh, I'm at Pally time. And I would look at hot slogs and I would talk to a friend who played the game. And, you know, I would try to come up with the the, the build that would work best in quick match, whether if I had a healer in a tank or not. So I had to try to have that. And but more importantly, it was just this kind of grind. You know, it's like, you know, I tried my best, you know, and I tried to learn. Yeah. And then I said, OK, I'm, it's like it was like a Karate Kid, right? Wax yeah. on, wax off. <laughs> so then I go here league. It's time for here league. And I go in here league and I have anxiety after Wazoo because I'm like draft. I'm like, I don't know who to draft. <laughs> right. Because now because now it's not just I block in my hero. I play the game. Now it's like, wait, I have to like pay attention now. I have to. Think about who's picked when, yep. who's picked where, you know, who's banned here, which I mean, banning right now is a little easy. Eh. Yeah. Well, but, no, actually, today was the huge balance patch, right? Yeah. So maybe not as easy. Or yesterday was a balance patch. Right, right. So no, wait, but it's Wednesday. That, Sorry. I'm, yeah, yeah it's go Wednesday. ahead. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's that whole, you know, it's not a formula. Someone, you know, I, I, I thought I might be gold. You know, because I, every time I did the placements, I got gold. So I was like, okay, I probably am a gold player. And I happened to get a free coach. One of these guys on the uh, red, the Reddit forum said, hey, you know, I'm offering free coaching. And he took me under his wing. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, well, he goes, uh, what do you think you're at? I said, I think I might be a gold player. And, um, you know, I played, you know, explained why I played, 50, you know, about 15 to 2,000 matches, you know, and nice. you know, whatever I do my placements. He's like, okay. And he goes, well, what I want you to do is, you know, set a goal. I want you to play 20 games of Hero League this week. And so I play 20 games of Hero League and I come back and I'm silver three, you know, so, you know because, you know, I'm losing, you know, I'm not winning. You know, I can't carry. I don't, you know, the heroes I play are, you know, I'm not playing it to the maps and stuff. Oh, uh, okay. But, I see what you did. Right. I'm playing, I'm, I was probably gold in quick match and my placements, but as soon as I started playing a serious amount of games, the mistakes started piling on, right? You know, and so, and I did play some unranked draft before that, but still, you get the point. I'm not, I wasn't what I thought I was. And it took, you know, several weeks of playing with him. And even now, I'm still silver. 
but yeah. I know why I'm sober, you know, because I know I'm starting making mistakes. And I also realized that, remember I told you, you got to win three out of every four games if you're going to rank up. You know, <laughs> it's like if you're not winning, if you're doing 50-50, um, well, you're not going to rank up a lot. You know, you're going to stay kind of where you're at. And that's what the game's algorithm is. It's And it's more like 70 or 69 or 67 Yeah, I was going to say, you should be like 67% of the games win if you're yeah. consistently ranking up, right? Right. If you're looking and at statistics that, and bell curve deals. Right. And then you you take the not paradox kind of loose ratio where he says, you know, three games you're guaranteed to win, three games are guaranteed losses. It's those four games out of 10, you know, that you make the difference. You yeah. know, so I was like, oh, yeah, OK, that makes sense. And, you know, if you can go on losing streaks, there's not an exact science, mm -hmm. but uh, I kind of understand it now. So then I said, well, instead of trying to one trick my way, why don't I try to, you know, get a diverse hero pool? So I started joining, I joined Learning Pies. I started playing a lot more supports. And then when I would play Hero League, I'd actually play more carrier, carry uh, assassins and, you know, and flip it around. If I need to play a support, I would. Yeah. If I need to play a tank, I have a couple of tanks. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to enjoy the game more. You know, and I that, think the more jack of all trades you can be, the less mm -hmm. stressful ranked becomes. Because... Right. When I first started, I felt comfortable maybe on like one or two-ish heroes in ranked. And then when it would when those pick heroes would either one get picked away from me or I was put in a role where I wasn't comfortable, it just threw me off. Like I was just like, well, I don't know what to play here. Like I'm gonna lose. Like this is like terrible. Like I have to play support. Uh-oh. You know, <laughs> like even though I have played every hero up to like level five, mm, mm -hmm. not the recent releases because I haven't played much of like white main and stuff, but yeah, no. like it, and I don't win the often enough to get to the level five quickly, but it just feels really shitty because then you're just you're just in your own head and you're like, man, I hope I don't mess this up for my team. Right. <laughs> right. You care what they think. Yeah. Like you don't want to like miss all your abilities or like not keep someone alive and whatever. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It, like that was like for me, one of the weird things was when Sonya was really strong on the offlane. And I mm -hmm. love I love the offlane. Like the offlane is like my favorite thing ever. But that was when it was like Sonya, Leoric were like the two top offlaner back in the like uh, probably like 2017 season and I would love I could play Leoric you know all day but I couldn't play Sonya and people were like dude you gotta play Sonya here I'm like I can't I just can't do it like there's something about her I was just like eh just not good so it, you know when you have when you're stuck in that situation you're like well the meta doesn't favor me so I might as well just not play it that's the way I saw it <laughs> exactly I'm not gonna put myself through that stressful situation because I just want to play for fun <laughs> exactly and so for me you know this whole journey has been about you know, learning how not to give a fuck about certain things in years of the storm, but to care about the things that mm -hmm. really do matter um, and be comfortable and also to be somewhat different, you know, yeah. because like in silver, you don't see a lot of like, say, Hanzo players or kind no. of players. Everyone plays Lili. So if you want to kind of rank up, you might have to show the different your ability to use like a Anana to take out a Lili and turn off her healing, you know, or Decker King, you know. And, you know, it's that uh, it's not about being indifferent. It's just being it's about being comfortable about playing differently than other people. This is where the murkies, you know, whenever it says, <laughs> well, seriously, like people are all murky. Oh, God, he's terrible. But if you play him great and you play him correctly, you can win yeah. a lane. Well, because he, he's just there all the time. Like he exactly <laughs> he's there to be like that annoying gnat that just keeps bugging you while you're trying to focus on something else. <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of going back to with what you were saying is. 
I like not like getting affected by it is is mm -hmm. for me because I watched so much ACC, right? I would play the game, right? And I'm like, okay, so these tanks are meta. I'm like, I'm main tank. I know what to play. I know how to do it. Whatever. Like, you know, kind of have that, not really like ego problem, but I, it wasn't like a complex where I was going to like type to people. But in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, why are they not picking like X, Y, and Z here? The comp would make so much more sense. Like the big one for me is like Artanis. Like when I see, like it still bothers me when people pick Artanis right now. Like, he has a time and place, but for the most part, he just does not stack up well to other solo laners for the reason being CC. Um, and so I just get really, like, it just bums me out because I'm like, man, like, if we just had someone better in that one role, like, you know, you got to, like, just let it go. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. if this guy thinks he can win without Tannis, then that's fine. Let Jesus take the wheel, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, and more importantly, you use some like you know, like I told you, like one of my strategies was to play the soul lane because I felt comfortable playing it, knowing that it's yeah. a pivotal role. I still feel Sometimes like that's the role that's for me right now. Like I'm good at main yeah. tank, but I just like Diablo since his rework has just not clicked with me as well as it did before. Mm -hmm. I think it's partly the range of his Q. Um, yeah. But I've been just playing the solo lane, and I just. The Haka and Blaze are like my two go-tos if I have the t opportunity. They just mm. they just feel so good. Like the Haka is global, and you can never have you know having a uh, having a global like the Haka, especially with all of his sustain now. It, mm -hmm. it seems to be the standard build, I believe. Right, mm -hmm. doing the regen at level one. It, it, it's just yeah, too okay. it's just too good. Like he can't he really can't die. Like if you're and if you have enough map awareness to be aware of ganks when they're coming your way. You're pretty much good, and he doesn't really lose in a laning matchup except Malthiel, maybe? Yeah. So, like, so, he, he's just super solid, not, not yeah. to go tangenting too much. So I want to talk a little bit about... So I think there's there's two things about Here's the Stormer. Like, there are problems in the game that you're trying to solve, right? And part of adversity and not giving a fuck is when you're you're trying to solve those problems, you might not be able to do it conventionally. And, you know, feeling comfortable to be unconventional is important. And what was interesting this week, there was a post um, about a Garrosh player who was playing Garrosh as a solo leader. And, he, and you know, there, it was rumored that this guy existed. And then Fan um, played against him. And Fan was playing Malthiel. And he was going up against the soul laner Garrosh. And, you know, there's the video was posted uh, in the thread. I'll, you know, we can definitely share it. But even Fan was like, you know, he beat him. You know, it was, you know, but he had a hard time. And he, and he showed mad respect on the stream about it. He was like, look at this guy. He's playing Garrosh and he's taking body check, you know, and he's like, and, you know, he, uh, you know, he, he did, he was holding his own against a Malthia, which is pretty damn tough as a, as a Garrosh. Once again, solving problems you know it wasn't like he could play this build all the time and win but if you know he want if he want if he wanted to play it he would you know and and find it you know where you might take uh you know basically he was solving the problem of mouthiel and the solo lane you know with this with this chip and he i would say it was about a 50 50 maybe 60 maybe 55 uh 45 in favor of fan more so because fan just knew what to take in order to counter the garage to some degree but he was sure about respect and that's part of this whole thing about heroes. There are a, a, people, they, they, 
they get distracted because they're not focusing on the real problems. They're making up problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they're mm -hmm. getting triggered by those. And the number one problem is how you perceive the game and, and how are you solving the problems that you're encountering. Whenever you listen to Into the Nexus and Kyle Ferguson, he talks about the problem, the puzzle that is here. With, <laughs> and, figuring, and figuring out what the... He's it's, really, it's, it's really ironic that you bring that up too because I just went on Twitter as we started recording and Kala was saying... It's he, he's one of the few people that really doesn't get triggered about Hero League. Like, he still loves the game. Yeah. I mean, I, granted, he still loves the game regardless, but he's like, man, I just can't get past Hero League right now, right? And so when you think about that problem, right, like you were saying, you were laying it out, what just happened that's causing Hero League to be even worse? Team League's yeah. unrestricted party requirements, because everyone now who is really committed to Hero League has a duo, usually, right? Yeah. All those pro players, there's five people on a team. Bam. They split off into duos or singles or play with a friend who plays the game when they're not, you know, scrimming or whatever. Like, it's crazy to me, right? And now it's, yeah. it's almost like the dev team has to go back to the drawing board to make Hero League a viable, like, try-hard mode. And I would say that, you know, uh, well, I don't want to get too far on them because we do want to talk about the popularity of Team League. But, yeah, you know, Kyle Ferguson, who's been an advocate, you know, he's basically here. League's my, my, my play is my place. Mm -hmm. we, this week on Twitter says Team League's my place now. I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. You know, it's it's is he still cooperating. No. He, yeah. He's solo queuing. But he wow. says I, I was trying to solo queue. But I develop all these friends. So. Yeah, I mean, we had a game right before we started recording here, and we had, like, a really, um, like, good team. We all communicated. You know, mm -hmm. I would say something in chat, like, there's no one person that tried to take over. It was like, oh, hey, can you go do this? And then they would go do it. Like, it would be awesome. Like, it was just everyone's on the same page. We drafted well. I mean, granted, the enemy team did not draft well at all. It was, like, Vikings, Diablo, uh, Cho'Gall, and support, so... Minus that aside, but <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. I think that the removal, I think dual queuing in 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 Hero League should be that should be a thing. The reason why, like, so in Team League, you can do four stack, or you know, uh, you know, you can do four stack or a three stack and a two stack. I don't like the four stack versus the two two one stack or the three two stack. I don't like the four stack versus that. I feel that's kind of imbalanced um, to some degree. I think if they're going to do that, you might just want to. Well, what I'm saying is there there should be some compensation. Like they should base make it make it everyone gets one band in the beginning and then a and then one band in the middle of the draft. And then like it's like you said, well, it's just like league, right? Where yeah. everyone gets a band. So if you got one of these weird the four four plus one versus a two plus two plus one where it's imbalanced, uh, maybe just go with that uh go with that draft. You know, change the draft order a little bit, um, just to, so it, uh, the, the four stack doesn't get to play Chogall all the time and you know crush their opponents, um, or just use comms. Um, but that's just you know. But I don't think it's ever going to happen. But that's just my. I just don't like playing a four stack and a two two one. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. It feels really it bad. Yeah, it feels bad. So I mean, if they can find a way to balance it through just draft, I'm okay with it. Yeah, know? that's you one know? thing I noticed that felt weird when we were playing a few games together. I think on Monday. Um, there was, there was teams that felt really, like, our team was okay-ish, but we had, like, a 3-2, you know, and we were the 3. Mm -hmm. And then the other team was a 5, 
and that yeah. like you could just feel that their rotations were on point like their communication was on point like i get it like i get i understand the limitations of systems the systems just trying to throw people in matches but mm-hmm. it just the communication is so important in heroes and especially yeah. in team league yeah so i and don't I'm, know you, you can't yeah, force people to use voice chat either so i don't really yeah. know what the, the workaround is yet right so like i said you know uh not getting too far down the road yeah but where Kyle is coming from he's he's talking about matchmaking he's saying that you know he feels that the you know there's a lot of discussion about nmr resets being of having a value only because there's people that you know do their placements that are done and they, and they stay masters and there's no decay for that um he feels like he's being kind of held back by that to some degree so you know the matchmaking quality so there's that there's that kip as well which mm-hmm. okay i'm not gonna but back to you know this whole thing about adversity and you know learning how to prioritize what you care about and and deprioritize the things that don't matter so this week we've had a number of uh gosh we like they come off as witch hunts but then they're basically as you know one of the things we we strive on reddit here's the storm is not not be a platform for shaming someone for playing poorly right you know i mean if if you don't like the people you played with you don't come on on reddit and post a screenshot of, of the thing and say these people are potatoes we don't really and you don't call them out by their their player names or anything like that the exception to that is uh professional players or streamers who specifically might be doing something that's against the terms of service um you know stuff when those posts occur then we have to we have to play inspector clouseau more so and make sure that there's <laughs> evidence to back up the claim mf pally time decided to shit on everyone in his in his group okay well you gotta you, you can't just say it you gotta produce the evidence yeah where's the, the where's the text or where's the stream right, right. so the poster boy for toxicity in the hgc uh uh moxio <laughs> had his turn in the uh, the barrel this week. And at first we had to remove it, but then we reinstated it once the uh, the, the player on his t- that he played with um, was able to produce some evidence of, of his claims. And the and the, the call-out was that Mopsio Mops, threw him four times in an attempt to troll him and lose the game on purpose. So that was his premise. But yet everything he showed initially, didn't. it showed that Moxio was playing Garrosh, which Garrosh's ability to do that... Um, can you know to troll by throwing using into the fray um was it was it intentional to lose the game or was it just strategic you know by a, a high level player um so the community weighed in um moxio defended his position there's that but it started this chain reaction and then there's another post but another streamer who's playing his tracer this week and he's not playing it to the best of his ability and mm-hmm. so we have to call him out so now it's becoming this like it's not you know they're, they're, it's it's not a witch hunt because there is actual evidence but it's this you know if you're an hcc streamer you know you're an hcc player that streams or plays on streams you're expected to have this performance that's hcc level all the time you can't have an off game or you know you can't make bad decisions um or you you know so and there's a community uh, within the GM and master's levels where I think that they're very sensitive to this, you know. Um, but more important, you know, so to me, toxicity is when you're openly doing something just to be a dick. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
whereas you know if you it's plausible i mean i've thrown people into the you know used into the fray because they get a shield <laughs> you know i sometimes will throw like you know a, um, a thrall or a phoenix knowing that they're going to get an extra shield but maybe they can make them play with that now right. they, and more importantly it stuns the opponent so <laughs> you know you know there is plausible deniability you know <laughs> but you know it's coming down to really is this what you care about is this the most important what about playing the game and learning, you know, and trying to get Grandmaster? Right. You're going to lose some. So is it that you just want to come here and stir up shit or do you really have a point, you know? And so I think that kind of ties in with this whole giving the fuck about, you know, the well, right things and nothing. Yeah, else. I think that's really important, right? I was actually just listening right. to a, a, a different podcast today. Uh, man, I always do this. Every time I do a podcast, I talk about other podcasts. I get really meta. <laughs> but I just love the format so much. But, uh, the it was Jocko Willings podcast and he's an ex Navy SEAL and he's now a, a business um what do you I guess he's like a business consultant. coach consultant, consultant. Yeah. yeah so so he basically yeah. takes teams and makes them better because he's an ex Navy SEAL so he knows how to do that kind of shit and uh yeah. he he had this point today in the podcast I listened to was basically you got to get really good at identifying what really matters right yeah so there's a lot of these little things in our life that take up what seem to be really important right but then when you take that a thousand foot view of those things does it really matter right no like this hero league bull, like whatever this is right this like quality of match thing for someone like him who's a gm player who's already on a team going to blizzcon the practice he does in hero league really doesn't have it might have like a 1% effect on his chances of winning BlizzCon, right? Because what's going to matter are the scrims he does going up to BlizzCon and at boot camp or wherever they go. But what is going to have a bigger effect is the negative attitude he carries with him because that's going to put a cloud over everything he looks at going into scrims even, right? Yeah. So he's really got to identify what he's spending time with and be like, okay... This is just a hero league game with a bunch of randoms that are probably playing this game for fun or they're maybe a streamer, right? So yeah. if they're a streamer, they're really not super focused hard try hard mode, right? Because they're trying to interact with chat and talk and do all that stuff. I get it. It's not easy. <laughs> what? But he wasn't so they're entertainers, but more importantly, right. Mopsia wasn't streaming, it was other people that he was playing with that were streaming. He was just in their streams. So yeah, yeah. No, I, like, I, yeah, I'm just trying right. to like think about it from yeah. like different perspectives right true true yeah and yeah to build on that you know like i said it's a problem right you know you're yeah. trying to solve problems and one of the things people i think in here's a storm is they want to avoid pain they don't want to lose they don't you know they, and, and when they do they're like you know the problem was not me it was someone else it wasn't yeah, my I, K, you can't K2 pass building. the buck though you can't like yeah. that does not you can't point the fingers yeah. I was listening to the other episodes of the Freakonomics thing, and it's like yeah. the the second one was the uh, how not to be a loser, yeah. and they asked one of the quarterbacks of the 49ers, I believe, when they were doing their horrible loss streaks, mm -hmm. and he's like, he's like, man, they try to interview me, and he's like, the one thing you can't say, or like you tell your wife, and she's like, well, it was this position, and then your wife tells the the you know, his the the husband of a different position, and it just gets spread around, and he's like, that destroys teams, right? right. And so, like, right. you can't, you know, 
part of me is always about you don't know what people are dealing with and struggles, mm-hmm. and especially in an online game, you don't know who these people are. Right. It's just drives me insane sometimes when you when you have so much of this hostility and negativity over something that mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's a game and many of these people play it for fun <laughs> well part of the enlightenment of heroes of the storm is realizing that you know it's the buddhist tenet right um uh existence is suffering yeah right you know existence you suffer you know mm-hmm. and yeah. it's through uh suffering that you can become more aware and through awareness, you can start to see the noble path and then the noble path is which, uh, it's the, the pet that, that you develop in Nirvana, you know, kind of steady. <laughs> turning and turning you pleasure into become, pain, right? And pain into pleasure. Right. right. But Nirvana is not playing. It's not, it's a, it's the, it's the peaceful state. It's the state of, of just existing, you know? Oh yeah. I see. And, yeah. And then enlightenment comes, you know? Yes. So you, you realize the you know, existence of suffering, desires lead to suffering your desire to be grandmaster is your suffering but then you know once you become more enlightened and you become more comfortable with the idea that suffering is always going to be in the game you can and you stop resisting that that law you you stop resisting losing yeah and accepting it but then using that as a platform to learn yeah what you know you learn stuff when you win but you learn twice as much when you lose, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's one of the things that really got me to Pally Time initially. Right. Because he was always like, well, we lost this one, boys. But, you know, you always learn something from it, right? And I right. I think... I, I, it's funny that you say that, though. Because I remember when I would get, like, super stressed out in Team League and stuff. When we would play games and stuff. And it's, like, super close match. Or, like, say we're losing the whole game, right? And you're, like, on, on the back foot. And you're like, damn, I wish I wasn't losing, right? Mm-hmm. But as soon as you get past, damn, we might lose this, right? Because you're already worrying about the end of the game. And it's only like 10 mm-hmm. minutes in, right? You just both hit 10. Maybe you like team white because they were 10 a little bit before you or something. Um, but as soon as you get past that, right? And you're like, all right, just chillax. We just got to do X, Y, and Z things. We got our ultimates now. As long as you're all on the same page and you execute, right? You can turn it around. Like there's so much about heroes that any like the other team could be like ahead of the game all the way up to like level 13 or something right but mm-hmm. as long as you're not feeding into it you can stall it turn around on like level 16 get a full team wipe and get first keep and be ahead to hit level 20 before the enemy team yeah just because of that like you stayed cool in the moment right you're just like right. i know the map i know what the objective is i know how to be there on time you know these are my strengths and we're gonna do it right that's it like there's nothing like oh this person sucks here. Uh, this like healer is not doing this. Uh, they're picking Tempest. bad talent here. Like, whoa. got a recent <laughs> example: Tempest Storm. You know, the reverse sweeps happening. They're de- they're playing Battlefield Eternity. They have no keeps. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the is like inches away from going to BlizzCon. You know, and they were inches away. What did they do? They said, "Yep, we team wiped. Let's get together. Let's focus. Let's." find the, the best fight we can fight and they did and they won you know they team wiped the other team they got their level 20s and that's how they won the match you know and that's the thing you know it's not easy for people who are bronze and silvers to understand that there's a catch-up mechanic they think the game snowballs they think there's mmr hell and it's probably true self-fulfilling prophecies but there are people that make it out of those leagues and those are the ones that do are not given 
the you know the easy street it's no way. hard more I mean, importantly <laughs> yeah but more importantly the enlightenment that these these people who escape right i was um, one of those people technically yeah i'm I was, still one of those people trying to escape i think i was I, my first season i was silver four and now i'm a platinum player right that should not be right. possible technically right well, it's you know it's difficult it's difficult <laughs> i mean i guess not impossible but statistically very low very low of people who don't practice or to take the game seriously. Right. I mean, obviously, training. I take the game seriously to some some degree yeah. to be able to talk about it the way I do. <laughs> but more importantly, you solve problems, right? Mm-hmm. You figured out things. And that's the thing about life. And maybe sometimes video games are that kind of that 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 microcosm. I mean, it's that, really true. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, we we. We try. I think there's always these people, like I said, the failure to launch folks who are avoiding problems. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if they were taught how to embrace problems, and what you're looking for are good problems. Good problems are things that have solutions that you can solve. Bad problems are things that you can never solve, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just like that's just a bad problem. But in in many of the cases, you're the key factor, the keystone in those problems. Um, and more importantly, you develop happiness by solving problems. I mean, come on, you know, you, you know, you put a puzzle together. That's a problem. You put it together. You feel pretty good about yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I think happiness is found in solving problems, not avoiding them. You know, and here's the storm's got many problems. So you take you should be looking to take those problems head on. And more importantly, true happiness occurs when you find the problem, you know, you enjoy solving those problems, you know, happiness, you know, you want problems, you want to have problems that you can solve very easily, yeah. you know, or not, or not so much easily, but just it's fulfilling. Yeah. You know? That's what my career is. You know, people bring computer problems to me all the time. I'm like, okay, well, let me put a critical thinking hat. And I usually, a lot of times people don't want to do certain things. They don't want to call support. They don't want to, uh, you know, do the diagnostics. <laughs> They're resisting. It's like that resistance. And, you know, my job is kind of a coach. Well, did you try this? Did you think this? Yeah. And more importantly, it brings me enlightenment. They think I'm a wizard for some reason. Right. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But to get the point, it's problem solving. Right now I'm right. dealing with a, a family member who, you know, she's she's old and she's starting to have memory problems. Oh, Okay. There's a whole sort of problems there. Right. And I am worried and I'm a little stressed, but I'm also solving those problems with my family, trying to figure out, you know, how do you rationalize with someone like that? So, yeah. like I said, I think the problems that, you know, Mopsio is running into, they're just burnt out and fatigued. But the, the people it could be that a stress thing, thing, to be honest. Yeah. Right? Because he's going to BlizzCon now and he's got to yeah. deal with a lot of different things, right? Right, but he's he's not the one raising the issue. It's the people he plays with, and, right? And they're like I said, they're focusing on he's the problem or how he's acting. But more importantly, why do they care? Why don't they focus on their play? You know, maybe finding ways to synergize with them, or just not giving a fuck and go and play right. next match. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you take it as a loss or whatever, or you're like, yeah. okay, so if he wants to play this way, how do I yeah. just adapt? Right, adapt on the fly because I think a lot of Hero League is everyone goes in with their own type of strategy, right? Right. We've all dealt with those people that have a, a pre a predetermined plan, a plan rather. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to play X. You're going to play X. We're going to do this. And if you don't do that, then we're going to lose. Right. And then that one person mm-hmm. who doesn't listen to the plan, maybe he's not in voice chat or whatever. And then they don't listen. And the guy's like, well, GG. Cause 
you know, th whoever fill in the hero doesn't want to like play along, like, <sighs> yeah. you're playing your own game. <laughs> you don't control the other person's heroes. Period. <laughs> and you know, one of the things Blizzard does is they like to mix things up, and so this past, uh, well, this new season, they mixed things up. They said, hey, team league. Let's take off all the safeties on the the team league and see what happens. And and it seems to be a very positive experience. It's everyone saying what a joy it is to play team league. Cal Ferguson, like I alluded to earlier, tweeted, "Hey, team league is my new mode now. I am enjoying it. I you know and you know because you get fast cues, you get quadruple the XP for your heroes if you like loot boxes and skins. You know, there's a lot of advantages to playing team league right now." Except for the four stacks. <laughs> yeah. There's, but, you know, you know, I still look at that as an opportunity to try to beat the, the game on hard mode, right? You know, I mean, I don't like it. Maybe there should be some ways to compensate, but it's not going to stop me from you know, playing Team League. Um, and I still, it's sort of like, um, Hero League right now is like playing on a PvP server you know, <laughs> in World of Warcraft. Like, you know, if you really play World of Warcraft you're, and you're into the story and raiding, you should play on a PvE server so your time is optimized. Um, but people still play on PvP servers because they want that kind of like that uh, glory, that kind of like that status. I was on a PvP server. You know, I have co I, now I have, you know, people I play with my guild. Some of us are in PvE mode, some of us are in PvP mode. And the ones that are in PvP mode can never get into the instance because they're getting ganked all the time. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. Now that's a bad analogy, but the bottom line is there's some level of prestige of having PvP mode turned on. I think that's what Hero League is now. It's just kind of like, well, you know, it's the pure mode. It's the mode we're, you know, we're all, you know, single. We have to, you know, it's all single queues, and we have to, you know, there's no coordination, and we just have to work together, and hopefully someone will use voice chat. And I think the team league's proving that that's kind of a, you know, you can do what you want, but you know, it's not an optimized experience in the sense of your queue times are twice as long. You know. And your experience words are, you know, half of what we can get in Team League. So, right now, I think Team League is the new uh, the new thing. And you know, we have in four weeks. I'm hopeful that Blizzard will have a plan for Hero League, but I'm kind of optimistic and um, more uh, pra uh, pragmatic that they're just going to let it keep flying the way it is. <laughs> you know, I don't think they really have an idea what they want to do with Hero League yet. I mean, the best I think dual queues, you know, in Hero League. I think that will, you know, and I think that the, the problem is it might balance, you know, you had this problem where you were pulling people from certain modes. I think I might even out the queues again, you know, but you please share your experience. Yeah. I mean, overall, I would say Team League is fine. I haven't done a solo queue and I'm scared to do it. <laughs> Because I just I just find communicating with a friend is more more rewarding for me. So I, I most of the time if I'm just gonna play like a couple games and there's nobody on, I'll just play Quick Crash. I, I don't care. It's fine. Especially too, I was like I got dailies to do. Like I maybe I haven't logged on in two days. I'm like all right, let's just knock out a, you know a tick mark on this daily or knock out a daily. We'll be good. But if I got like mm -hmm. two to three friends, I'll go play Team League, right? And it's fun, more fun now, right? Because that the queue timer is gone, which is amazing, especially as a duo. Because before, if you're playing as a duo, you'd sit there for 300 seconds, you know? Mm -hmm. You're probably better off, like, both of you queuing a solo league, and maybe you're getting a good game, but, like, that's kind of boring. Because, like, mm -hmm. eh. You know, like, before, you kind of had to have a three-stack to go anywhere with Team League, but then at the same time, it's like, well, if you're three-stack, you might as well try to get five, because then you're stacking the communications objects in your favor. Mm -hmm. 
So I think this new format is better, and I think there seems to be a change in the team league culture a little bit. Yeah. Where people are more, they're going into it like, oh, dude, we're going to try team league, right? So if they're like three or two, they're more likely to go into chat and be cooperative. Yeah. Because you're not in your own bubble, right? It's kind of like road rage, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're, when you're in your own car, there's a psychological thing like, you're, this is my space. Right. So before yeah. old team league was kind of like, well, I've got my three, you've got your two and that's it. Right. I got my game plan. You got your game plan and we'll see how, you know, it shuffles out at the end. Yeah. But I think right now it feels better because people are more open to things. And I think part of it, too, is the HGC meta is not as easily translatable into team league, hero league, stuff like that. Yeah. Like Diablo and stuff, like the tank meta is pretty translatable, but the rest of the comp stuff I don't think is there because there's a lot of high skill oriented heroes in there. Like I haven't seen Phoenixes really play as well as I've seen Phoenixes play in HTC, stuff like that. Well, I think, you know, in my opinion, I think the, the thing that's selling team later now is the fast queue times. You know, that, and it yeah. just so happens that 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 fast queue times is leading to more positive and experiences for people. Yeah. Cause you play more um, games and things like that. That makes sense. Right. Now that I think about it. Yeah. And, and you're removing the frustration barriers, you know, because blizzard is trying to make quality matches and they're, you know, uh, they're just able to have a little bit more flexibility in team league because of like the grouping, like uh, the masters level player group with a bronze player, you know, um, okay. They chose that. <laughs> so we don't have to be as strict in our matchmaking quality. Whereas with hero league, we have to be a bit more strict. Everyone's got to be within the, the, the range of MMR, you know, in order to make the match balance to some degree. So, um, I think, like I said, I, I, I'm hopeful that, uh, dual queue gets added to Hero League and, you know, draft order. Yeah, I, I think dual queue could get added now at this point because yeah. then it kind of gives, you know, it's like, do you want to play duo or do you want to play Same duo way. team league, right? Because then it yeah. kind of makes it an environment where you and a friend can be try hard together. Mm-hmm. Then you have like two duos, to, you, you can have two duos per team with a single person. And mm-hmm. I think that could be fine with with chat, right? Yeah, yeah. Because then, I, then I think at that point too is then if it's successful, you take it that step further, add a solo queue back, and to give that like you know top five percent of the population who really likes that solo queue experience. There, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, like I said, you know, I think uh, my, my what I'm hoping from BlizzCon dual queues added to Hero League in December. They add, uh, you know, they take away the draft, the draft order. You know, anyone can draft just like they're doing now in Team League. Everyone, there doesn't seem to be any fights about that. <laughs> you know, so why do you care about the order in which people pick? And then, um, you know, and performance-based matchmaking. You know, and loss forgiveness. You know, with regards to someone dropping or botting and stuff. I think you you add all those things in, all of a sudden it continues. The 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 good times continue positivity continues and they'll find some other problem they'll complain about <laughs> you know but you know like you know but i think that if they take all those things and that's what we get in in blizzcon i think you're gonna it's gonna continue to be positive experience it's what we've been looking forward to all year long it just seems like since they they announced the performance based matchmaking back in december 
well, last BlizzCon and they implemented it and it was just poorly implemented. Um, there's been this negative cloud over, it started with placements, right? And then yeah. performance-based matchmaking. And then, you know, it just, it just got snowballed and snowballed. And Blizzard's done their best to address it. But I think they've lost players over the over the course because of that. I think this is a great time now leading up to BlizzCon. I think you're going to see a lot of new players come back into the game. Yes. Recurring players and then new players. Players who gave it because, up and be like, wait, damn, there's all this new cool stuff. And then Blizzard's right. going to be like, hey, by the way, all those things you guys complained about, we've been working on it. And, it, yeah. you know, we've got a solution, right? Because yeah. if... Because if they're able to announce and launch performance-based MMR for real mm-hmm. this time, I think mm-hmm. that's going to win a lot of people back. Yeah, and then they have the also the the uh, the new role system. Oh, the role is huge party, too. The party finder they talked about. These are all positive things. I think that could be, you know, that can that can turn heroes back into a positive experience yes. for, for many new players and such and address the, the naysayers and the contrarians in the group. Um, so I'm hopeful, you know, I mean, yeah. but I'm also pragmatic to say that Blizzard takes their time about everything. So maybe they'll hint at it. They, you See, know, they like to hint at it. And then, there's, there's some yeah. things that Blizzard does really well. And there's yeah. two things that I really come to mind is experimenting with things, you know, like mm-hmm. the team lead change, right? They didn't talk about that. They just, it was yeah. just showed up in a patch, right? Just like a standard PTR patch. All of a sudden, it was like, hey, guys, we're going to implement this new change. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, it's got this huge positive impact, of course, with mm-hmm. some negatives attached, but, you know, to be expected with any change. And then the other part is they really... They, they, they're cautious in the way that they don't like to make huge changes that are going to be overall, like, huge overhauls or negative. But they're yeah. still, like... You know, for mega corporations like the like Blizzard is, they're still willing to experiment on key aspects of their games to try and always push the boundary. I mean, that's what Heroes is about, right? Pushing boundaries right. in the mobile world. <laughs> yeah. And I think that the the other MOBAs are catching up to Blizzard with regards to like I would say the number one thing probably was holding those guys back where that was the the biggest complaint is the amount of time it took to play a match. Yeah, yes. you were playing. Yeah, they're all like forty-five, 45 minutes, minutes right? plus, if not more. Like it's pretty. And now, and now all of them offer a streamlined match mode, so you can yes. play the traditional or you can play the streamlined. Here's the storm version. I mean, even uh, League of Legends has been experimenting with other maps and stuff, and they had a PvP yeah. mode or PVE mode for a little while. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's saying something right there. Like they had yeah. a smaller map with like map objectives that would spawn every like two minutes or something, and the match would be over in twenty minutes. It was very heroes esque, and I enjoyed that a lot. And I was like. Okay, I can dig it, you know, mm-hmm. like make that a standard mode and I'm in. Like, <laughs> And here's the thing, you know, I like MOBAs now, but I'm not really interested in playing League of Legends or Dota only because I put all the time into Heroes. I don't really want to put more time into these other, I'd rather play like StarCraft. You know, you know, yeah, no, I totally understand that. I, I mean, you know, and this is the thing about a Dota or League of Legends player. I can understand why they wouldn't want to play Heroes. You know, no, so yeah, when, like, you've, when you have so much invested into one game already, yeah. Like for me, like that's what I look at. I look at my yeah. hero levels and I'm like, damn, I got all these cool skins. I got this stuff from Alpha. Like no one's got these skins anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I just got all my stuff. Like it just my thing. Like I'm not going to like, I don't want to give that up. Like I want to be the badass. Yeah. Like it's a little vain, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the sunk cost fallacy. You know? Right. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm hopeful. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but, you know, 
not Paradox, put a video about co-op mode. I think there is a large consistency of players who do play versus AI, you know? And should Blizzard, what should Blizzard do there? Should they make the AIs more harder, put machine learning, you know, I don't know. But, or should they look at adding more PvE yeah. content? You know, and um, maybe they might have a, a roadmap uh, glimpse this year. I really have a hard time of- with AI, man. I had an AI game on a quick match earlier today. And the URL dropped out, man, and I was like, what the heck? Like, yeah. it was just... Like, it's a horrible experience. Like, That's why I want to play Quick Match. Like, every the quick URL, match like, just to put it in, like, f- explain it a little bit, like, she, like, jumped in, there was a full team fight over at the bottom, not the bottom shrine, like, mid, mid, like, that mid-bush in, uh, uh, not Cursed Hollow, Towers of Doom. That mid-bush right by middle shrine. Mm-hmm. She jumps in. And all of a sudden, there's, like, three heroes there. And then she starts, like, stuttering left and right, like, freezing. But yeah. she's, like, surrounded by enemies. So, like, the algorithm just didn't know where to path and, like, who to attack. Because, every, like, maybe everything was too close or something. Like, it freaked yeah. out and she stuttered. And then, like, they killed her. And I was like, dude, yeah. like, come on. <laughs> like, that's, like, a terrible death for... And the thing about to the do other nothing. side of it... <laughs> The others and the other team doesn't know if it's AI or not. They 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 might have an idea. They might just. I think they can look because I think it still says URL over the top instead of the player name. Oh yeah, then we have to figure that out. But that way. I mean, yeah. you got to be a little bit more perceptive. I know that's how we know if we have an AI player. Yeah, <laughs> I, it should still player. say for the other team if it's. Yeah. If it's if it says just the hero name, usually that means it's an AI. Yeah. But not Paradox doing his video. He's done two videos on this, and it's all about uh, kind of like, um, you know, a challenge mode. Like if you were looking for, just like in World of Warcraft, they had the challenge modes for the skins for the uh, the weapons. It, it's a pre-scripted environment where mm-hmm. you have to, you know, play the hero and take him through a gauntlet of challenges, whether it's healings, uh, tanking, or DPS. And, you know... The problem is, is like, to me, I, I think it's a great idea. You know, I'd love to see it, but I, I'm, you know, once again, being pragmatic, where are you going to take your eyeball? Who are you, what audience are you trying to draw from? And more importantly, where are you trying to re- divert the attention to? Um, it, it has to lead to some type of windfall mm-hmm. you know, for them to do it. You know, like the brawls are always kind of like, I think the brawls are more an experimental thing they did with those PVE brawls this year. Yeah, too. I think they're expecting more to happen with the brawls. You know, okay. I thought but, they did, but I thought they were positively reviewed. I mean, some, I just some don't, of my friends want to play them. I don't Go play ahead. them like at all, though. Like, mm-hmm. I played them a few times here and there. Like initially, like get my loot box, but like they weren't. They didn't have a unique enough experience, and it was just too clown fiesty. Because yeah, I, I, I do it. I do it as a warm up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I could see that, but like, I don't. I don't know. I like getting talents. Like picking one talent in a match is kind of boring to me. Because I, mm-hmm. I really like that power curve and, like, understanding, you know, at this level, this hero gets really powerful here. So, like, just stuff like that. Like, just having, mm-hmm. like... Because some heroes feel really, like, meh without talents, right? Mm-hmm. And so, to me, like, when you take away, like, a core backbone of the, of the... Yeah, so, I mean, you know, having challenge modes in StarCraft are fun, you know, because they're just... You know, it's it's something to do besides playing ladder, <laughs> you know, and you're trying to do a specific thing like, you know, get so many Zergs and do something. You know, I like the challenge modes in StarCraft, and I think they're a good way of learning. So I agree with Not Paradox. I think that uh, HOTS could use a few of these things um, for heroes. Um, 
but I just don't see the time, you know, with all the other priorities for them to do it. But yeah, hey, the thing that StarCraft has is that kind of that arcade, that that sandbox. Yeah, they, they don't. It builds around they, a sandbox a little bit better. Right, but they have the arcade mode where people can do. They have access to all the tools and all the, um, you know, all the all the things that are in StarCraft. They can produce those things. Whereas Heroes is a closed sandbox. You know, there's no there's no customizations or anything like that. So if if anything, Blizzard might want to use the arcade mode in StarCraft, maybe to uh, maybe introduce some of these things. I don't know. So yeah, um, yeah get, it. get some ideas. Yeah. So. That pretty much covers the news this week. I mean, we did have an HTC weekend. Um, it was the Crucible, though. Yeah, it was Crucible for North America and um, Europe, and it was on. Um, well, I guess there was some news with that, right? Because the EU side had the uh, uh, draft the drama. The drama with the draft sharing, supposedly. Yeah. But considering bananas. those teams didn't win. Right? It's, yeah, it's it's still not a good thing there to have. No, I, I agree. It's a little, it's squirrely, right? Yeah. But it, but it, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, and so, you know, this past weekend it was the uh, Crucible for North America and EU, and then uh, Korea had their playoffs. So next weekend they'll be their Crucible, uh, most likely. And then there will be uh, the lead up to BlizzCon, uh, you know, uh, where they have the, uh, the two uh, group stages. And then BlizzCon will feature the finals. After BlizzCon, then there will be the Gold the Gold Club Series, which is the Chinese series. That's their big championship in China. So we have a lot, you know, we still have some HTC to, you know, carry us up until the new year, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, from the EU side, we had uh, Monkey Menagerie. They got defeated by E-Punks, whereas Alex Purgy, you know, I like Alex Purgy. I, I I like his YouTube content. I mean, he's an interesting guy, right? I mean, he swears a little bit too much on the HTC, but that's part of his personality. But, uh, go ahead. I like him. I I hope that he, you know, he finds a team that he he gels with. Well, he Um, said he's going to, he said he's going to be streaming full time now. He's not going to be looking for a team. Hopefully he produces content. You know, he, you know, well, like you said, you know, you can make a lot of money if you're good at what you do. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, we're going into an interesting time for heroes, mm-hmm. right? Because now we're getting a lot of ex pros, right? Because that's what they are. They're, mm-hmm. they're getting out and they're like, well, I'm going to be a full time streamer for Heroes of the Storm. And know what that means? That just means it's a, a more vibrant community of for like full time professional streamers that are making more content. Right. Getting yeah. it out there for more people to see, because, yeah. you know, not every person is going to like every streamer for every like the same game. And that's just how it works. So the more people out there doing it more more often is just going to drive more people to play the game. Yeah, totally agree, especially if they're good. Right. I mean, when you look at the top streamers, there's there's not a lot of pro streamers like or pro players that are streamers. There's like two and then the rest of them are personalities, you know. I mean, and maybe it's just because of the time I watch them, but it seems like it's like one or two pro players, and then it's the rest of them are personality streamers. They, they just stream because of their personality, and that's, which is not bad. I mean, because it makes it a game more approachable and stuff. But you get my point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so Monkey Menagerie they went 0-4 against E Punks. Um, Roll Twenty Esports did manage to edge out Holy Bananas. I think a lot of people were hoping that it was Monkey Menagerie versus Holy Bananas, but, <laughs> you know, it is mm-hmm. what it is. 
No Tomorrow against Sidestorm Gaming. Uh, no Tomorrow did manage to secure their spot, uh, continue to, to you know have their spot in the HTC. But then Simplicity, um, they fell uh, to Scythe Esports. So Scythe is now a pro HTC team, and, and Simplicity will be relegated. Um, so I uh, hope that they all can find uh, you know new teams if the pro players there. I'm sure that when the roster apocalypse begins, some of those players will end up on pro teams, um, and vice versa. Um, then in the Korea, the playoffs, uh, Team Blossom, 3 0 uh, uh, fellas. Uh, Miracle uh, did a 3 1 versus Team Blossom, and Ballstick got upset by Miracle. Uh, oh, really? I haven't followed yeah. much of Korea. Do you know anything about their meta right now? Are they still like favoring Tyrael a lot? Not really um, up on their meta right now. Okay. But it's always curious. more innovative. They're, they're always doing some weird stuff with Tyrael being like huge. And usually around BlizzCon is when Tyrael kind of comes back into the meta. Just because. <laughs> and uh, next, this coming weekend, we have the Korean Crucible. Sun Saturday, you'll have Supernova versus uh, the Dung. And uh, on Sunday, you'll have Gluck versus Trog. Um, oh, okay. So should be interesting. Gee, so then the, the HEC finals begins on October 25th and it goes to November 2nd. So mm-hmm. the group stages will begin. We'll start on the 25th. And group A, we have the number one seed is Korea, uh, Genji, followed by China's um, BTG, and then the EU Team Liquid, um, North America's Tempo Storm, Korea, uh, um, uh, Korea's Miracle. And then uh, Taiwan has Lunar, Lunar Meow. They always seem to, Lunar Meow always seems to make it. So that's the seeds, the order in which I announced them. And then in Group B stage, we have uh, number one seed is Team Dignitas. The number two seed is Heroes Hearth Esports. Uh, number, uh, well, they're both, they showed number one. So um, they're both number one seeds. And then uh, Korea uh, Tempest, the one SGTY, Leftovers, and then Mind Freak from ANZ. Um, so you can go to the HTC website uh, to get all that. Um, also, wow. right now, amateur competitive signups are available both for Heroes Lounge, mm-hmm. the Amateur League, both for North America and EU. I think I'm going to sign up for NA because they will place you on a team. Oh, they do? Um, so they make the team for you? Yeah. And then the Tespa Collegiate Series, that's the um, the, the Heroes preseason recruitment is beginning. And there's, there's threads on Heroes of the Storm mm-hmm. uh, if you want to... Uh, uh, get in touch with them. So if you're like in your college, you want to form a Heroes team and, and, and compete for that uh, Heroes of the Dorm prize money, mm-hmm. that's your that's your opportunity. So there you and go. Like th- and I shout out to Lerhan, who, who's one of our mods. He's the one who puts the HTC uh, threads up on. He does the weekly uh, Wednesday HTC discussion. So um, I don't I haven't talked to him yet, but he's also does like. Um, uh, a, a ladder pool where you get to choose all the teams and to okay. choose like if they're going to well, how many matches they win yeah and then you get you get points for that so it's kind of like oh, our kinda cool. you know it's like our fantasy league for hcc so, so he does a pretty good job <laughs> that's kind of actually sounds really fun <laughs> yeah he's very talented you know it's like mm-hmm. um he's been talking about creating um uh kind of like a meta post every day um mm-hmm. that kind of Features all the weekly content as well as um, some other stuff. So yeah. I'm hoping that he gets some time after all the HTC stuff to maybe. We'll do have it to do a BlizzCon pre-show. Well, maybe we'll probably will, but. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is that we'll be doing a live cast 
probably uh, during the Here's the Storm um, panel. So the Reddit moderators will have a what's called a Reddit Live, mm -hmm. which is it's you know it's not an AMA, but it's a live thing where the the the, the mods will constantly type whatever the uh, the news There's, is. That yeah, they announce. it's kind of yeah. like what they do in MMO Champion as they do the uh, exactly. the live streams. Exactly. That's so cool. so the mods, you know, we're, some of us, a lot of us have. Um, um, passes, you know, the, the, the like a press pass, pass kind of thing, right? No, just the pass, like they were watching it on the stream. Oh, there's okay. a couple of our mods, and a couple of the mods are going into uh, going to uh, going to be there at BlizzCon. Uh, Thunderclaw is going to be there, but I, I'm concerned because Thunderclaw is also a Diablo admin, and I think he's going to oh, be like, you know, yeah, he might be of, he might be wrapped up in Diablo if this announcement is as big as we think it is going to be. Well, at the last BlizzCon, or the last, no, no, it wasn't BlizzCon, it was um, PAX, uh, I think it was PAX East, uh, he went to that and interviewed some of the personalities for Heroes of the Storm okay. um, development team and posted his interview, and his like he did an interview and then he did like a recorded session, and it was oh, pretty nice. good, cause he, so he's planning like, to do the same thing, get a press pass, sit down with the devs and kind of ask them the more poignant questions, so um that should be that's going to be kind of interesting as well. So, cool. yeah, yeah, but I'm got, kind of, got these mods that are really in depth in yeah. the things they do. Yeah, I think we still would like to get a couple more mods and just you know, I think it's always good to have a couple extra eyes looking at the queue and right. stuff. So, but uh, I'm excited because like you know, this is my first BlizzCon as a mod. So, <laughs> Thundercall was oh, trying yeah. to get me to go to go to BlizzCon this year. He's like, hey, I got a ticket. You know, and I was like, Dang, I really wanted to go. He's got a free ticket. Oh. Oh. It wasn't a free ticket. I would have paid oh, okay. for it. <laughs> I was be like, but, "Oh God, why?" But it's you know I've been to two BlizzCons and you know have you okay? It's a yeah. It's you know other than meeting other mods and you yeah. know being like kind of in the back scene, it was like uh, I'd rather go to the Pax East. It's closer. So, anyway. Yeah, that's fair. I, I get that. I did, I did. Besides, you know, to me BlizzCon. I mean, I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but. You don't like the the first BlizzCon I went to was in like 2014. Mm -hmm. I got to go in the main stage. I was in the main stage area. The next one, 2015, because they opened it up and added like they had more room in the the, the facility. They let more people in. Yeah, I was relegated from the main stage area to one of like the Hearthstone Arena place. You know, to watch the keynote. So I'm like, this isn't exciting. I wanted to be with everyone else. You know, so I don't know. So, I was like. It was just, it's not, it was, I went with more friends the second time. So I had a much, I had a fun time. Yeah, with that makes sense. Yeah. Like the one thing yeah. I always think about when, about when I, like, if I were to go to BlizzCon, it's like choosing what to go see, right? Cause everything kind of yeah. happens all around the same time. So you yeah. really have to like plan out what you want, like what really matters to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I get it. It's so the only <laughs> thing I'll say about the second BlizzCon is I got to see the first HTC, uh, World Championship. Oh, that's cool. Cloud, Cloud, Cloud nine. nine. Yeah, yeah. So I was there. Yeah, you know, I didn't get to take my picture of fan or anything, but I was. I wasn't fully into it yet either. Right. Well, yeah, because it was it, so. so new. I remember watching it, but I wasn't super into it at the time because yeah. I didn't know any of the players. Right. Like we talked about this last week, where I was like, I don't know anything about these teams, but I'm excited <laughs> that they won. <laughs> but I knew a lot about StarCraft, and my friends were like, "Well, so who's this guy?" And because like you know. The one thing I'll say, and I'm kind of disappointed, was Red Bull 
used to spon do sponsored um, invitationals for StarCraft. And this past March, when you know Heroes was announcing the new the new heroes and mm -hmm. potential map reworks and stuff, they said we had this partnership with Red Bull, but nothing came of it. Like right. there was after like March, there was no new articles. There was hardly any mention on Twitter from them. And I was kind of hopeful that this partnership, quote unquote, would have led to like an invitational land or something like that. You know, okay. you know, in a in a region that you know doesn't get a lot of HTC action or something. Yeah. So. And then another thing that's been announced this week was Full Sail um, College, which I think they have a they have a Calif California Irvine and um, a Florida campus. They've announced they're building esports arenas on the collegiate campus themselves. What? Now. Yeah, Full Sail is kind of like one of those uh, video game schools where you. Oh, you know, okay. It's like one of the first adopters of. Yeah, well, like the ones that that you go to learn how to uh, use video game tools to right, play yeah. new games and stuff like uh, that. Oh, so. okay. I see what you're saying. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's kind yeah, of weird so, that this whole like internet online gaming thing is like turning into like a legitimate like what? option for school, I guess. Yeah. It feels well, very strange. Like, it feels very well, strange. It's like, <laughs> it's like when kids went to school, college to play football. You know, yeah, I guess Eventually there was a tipping point. You know, unfortunately, they're into an indentured servitude. Yeah, unfortunately. Like, uh, I mean, I think that mentality is going to have to change at some point yeah, soon. Totally, totally agree. Because just how much, like, those guys are putting into it mm -hmm. to get nothing out of it. Like, they're, yeah. the school is making a lot of money on those guys, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hopefully the Heroes of the Dorm thing, you know, and the whole Tespa series, I think it's a lot different than the NCAA with regards to, well, first off, player safety. I mean, well, hopefully no one gets injured playing in eSport. But <laughs> I, I, the only thing I can think of is Carpal Tunnel. But <laughs> that, well, that or they take too many, like, you know, too much Adderall or something. Right, like yeah. That put, Ho hopefully they, you're not they doing turn that, please. <laughs> But you know, kids, they, they, hell, us, looks, making me perform better. Yeah. There's, so, there's, there's funny things about nootropics. Not to digress, but yeah. So, moving on, there was a, a, a Math of the Storm uh, article this week. Um, it was the Garden of Terror uh, review. Um, so, basically, uh, KSS, he went and kind of did a deep dive um, of Garden of Terror, which um, we'll definitely be linking in the new player guide. And I'll probably be oh, featuring nice. it on the battleground discussions. Um, he doesn't. He just started doing this. Um, these articles for the specific maps. I think I, I can't recall if he did one for Alterac Valley, but I know he did one for Hanamura. Mm, so no, he, I think he's only done the ones that are mostly seen reworked. Yeah, the more recent ones. Yeah. So he does talk. You know, he kind of analyzes the map, the objectives. Um, you know, I think it's it's a really good article. And, you know, his conclusions were basically um, that the Garnetera fixes the major flaws that the map had and the reason why it wasn't in the HTC um, map rotations for a lot of people, uh, specifically with regards to, mo you know, piloting the Garden Terror. You know, people that get into it don't always know what to do. <laughs> yes. Um, so, and also that the objectives, the seed gathering objectives are sort of like the uh, same mechanic that Ultraic Valley you said something earlier that was profound about these map reworks and which is well yeah basically i told we were talking about it. it's like an amalgamation of all the things that work on all the other maps that are like really good like it has the collecting thing from the seed pods like um cursed hollow 
and then it has the defending minions like Infernal Shrines, and then the objective itself is like an amalgamation of Tomb of the Spider Queen with Altric Valley. And I mean, the animation of the seed, of the the uh, terrors that spawn is so cool. I don't know. I haven't really played on the map a lot because it's not it's not in the ranked rotation, is it? Right, it's not. So yeah, so I, I played on it only a couple times since Rework, but when you get like the three seed pods to spawn the terrors, like you see it come from that final thing and it's like the vines going underneath the ground to the lanes. Mm -hmm. It's super cool. Um, I do think it might be a little overtuned right now because the, the fact that all three of them spawn the, uh, the seed pod to neutralize the fort, at least turn off the towers, is a little OP. Um, but I think that's just kind of a tuning knob thing anyways. Yeah. Well, the, the conclusion you made was that this, these, this map in Hanamura with all the mercenary camps gives an opportunity for melee assassins to shine, you know, so. Ah, um, I didn't even think about that part of it, but that's right. super so true. Th so it makes like Illidan, Samuro, uh, Malthio, these types of assassins who, and even possibly the butcher. And I think these like um, bigger maps too, it helps like the macro play, right? Cause yes. Because with all three of the lanes pushing at the same time, it really puts the defending team in a stressful situation of like, how do you best capitalize on this, right? Like, how do yeah. you minimize losses? Because you're going to take losses. There's nothing you can do about it, right? Right. But, but it's how well can you, like, not just be tearing apart all three of your lanes? <laughs> right. Well, the meta hasn't been figured out yet. No, for sure you know, not. And we probably won't see a meta uh, for this these maps. Um, yeah, we don't know what the next the rotation is, right, for the maps. Right. right, but most likely after HTC, there might be some... Uh, you know, uh, uh, charity maps or some, you know, uh, yeah. uh, scrims or something, yeah, where they feature the yeah. two pro teams. Well, we, we do know that they're, they took out the Garden of Terror out of normal play. Mm -hmm. It's going to be available only in Quick Mesh. That's on the PTR this week. So right. that's going to get reworked again, which I think it needs to because it's still a little unbalanced. Garden of Terror? Or um, Haunted Mines, sorry. Haunted Mines, yeah. So that's out. Uh, yeah. I haven't played a lot of mines in several I mean, several months. I, I feel like in Quick Match you got it a lot before. Yeah. And I've played it quite a bit and I just I don't like that map. Don't like it. Well, it's like it's like Black Cards Bay. You never see that map. And, you know, it's yeah. like it's funny because when you know we talked about like, you know, I played a lot of Quick Match. Well in Quick Match you saw all the maps, you know, pretty much. Yeah. And then you go start playing and you start playing Hero League and Team League, you know, you need to get this. You really get all the good maps. You're like, Yes, this is amazing. Though I do wish I we would get Tomb and Spider Queen more. I think that's my all time favorite map though. I seem to get it a lot. It's one of my favorite maps. I love that yeah, map. It's a Zul Malthion map for me. Or That's for York, sure. You know. yeah, yeah. Those tight lanes. So yeah, it was a good article. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's a good article. Once again, I like I like when he does these uh, map analyses, and I'm mm -hmm. looking forward. Starting tomorrow, you know, just to announce we will be doing Battlegrounds as opposed to Heroes. Um, so we'll be doing that for seven weeks. Um, nice. To cover all the Battlegrounds. And, and it'll give you enough time to get a couple more Heroes in or reworks. To get the yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then after that we will do kind of the the heroes from 2018 have been reworked. We'll probably close out the year on those. I think I might also work with another um, uh, person who posts the free to play rotations. Okay. Um, I'd like to see if I can work with him to on Tuesdays feature his post as a sticky instead of having a hero discussion where he links to all the hero discussions we previously had for the free to plays. So basically, it becomes kind of this. 
hey, if you want to try these here, here's the, the most recent discussions we've had and some videos. So hopefully it educates people how to play like Abathur and Lily. Nice. <laughs> That's like, you know, so. I like that. Anyway, yeah. And then to close out our uh, little podcast uh, for tonight, uh, we had uh, two hero discussions. Um, Thursday we featured Decker Kane, and then yeah, just yesterday we fe featured White Mane. So, um, yeah, the Decker Kane discussion... Those are like the you two tippy-top supports minus Taronda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing was I did Taronda the week before she announced her rework. So, <laughs> so it's like, all right, well... A, you know. a, a little premature, right? So, um, you know, the there was a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, interesting discussion about, you know, the thing about Deckard is he's been, he's been reworked quite a lot. You know, his... Uh, a lot of adjustments, like minor yeah. tweaks and shifts. At least that's yeah. what it seems like to me. Hmm. And, you know, for me, I play a lot of Deckard. Um, you know, he's one of my favorite supports. I think, like, he's, like, number three on my support. Not because... I mean, I, I think he definitely fits in quite a lot, but I tend to still favor Rhaegar, Taronda, uh, Lili in some situations so the, as well. So the mana of Rhaegar doesn't get in the way for you? Um... No, like because I think sustain is so I can good. take the talent. Yeah, I can take the talent that um you know, oh, regenerates. The, the lightning one. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so sense. A lot of people have just been making that adjustment for him now, mm -hmm. and just taking that talent. And if they want to go all heals, they go all heals. They want to go shields, they go shields. Or yeah. Bloodlust goblins. Yeah, it's all there. <laughs> um, back to our boy Deckard. You know, when he was announced back in you know March April timeframe. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, uh, he, you know, people didn't know what to expect, you know, was it the potion build or the utility belt build, you know, and I think, you know, for me, I tend to like to take Sapphire level one. I like I that, like that slow. one the best, personally. Yeah, to me, I think that that slow is so amazing to offer, you know, so much utility. Because uh, it's an extra, regards what, 30 percent? Yeah. So it's a 50% I mean, slow, right? Yeah. And then um, the other one, hold on, I'm getting up something here. Mm -hmm. Whenever I do these here discussions, I should have my, my app up. I use HOTS Complete, by the way, if you're ever wondering which app I use to kind of you know these talents, because I would forget them if I didn't. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. one of, it's uh, for iOS and um, Android. Uh, Android. Yeah, so... And it's a great app. Um, I support the uh, development of it, but uh, it's one of the ones I like to use when I have to kind of, I, I put all my custom builds in there. So like if I have to do a build um, and I have like a tablet version next to my desktop. That's cool. so, level one, so Sapphire is like my go-to talent, but if I see a lot of like double, double uh, warrior, I might go scroll of identify um, or if there's a stealthy on the other team. And that's just because of the armor reduction. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Now, field study is good too because you know, um, you know, it grants the spell power. So, and uh, that makes your heals, like your your uh, your uh, potions and stuff, um, you know, uh, more effective. So, it's it's a judgment call. If you think you need the spell power adjustment, go field study. Um, 
if you need more sustain, I guess is what I'm saying. But I think if you have the right team and, and you and the team knows how to converge, Sapphire is your is your build. And if you have a double warrior, you might consider Scroll of Identify. Level four is when you choose which type of talent you want, um, uh, which type of healing you want. Do you want shields or do you want rejuvenation? Or if you have like a dive team that you know, like a dive comp, uh, Ruby's is good because it enables uh, the dive. Like, so like um, Gul'dan, I like to use Ruby with a Gul'dan. So um, just so it helps him you know, sustain in his lane and, and such. Um, the level seven. Yeah, level seven. Um, there's a uh, cube mastery, which I think is uh, the one that I. It, it basically it, it synergizes with the scroll of sealing uh, talent, um, but it's a each enemy hero uh, hit by the Haraja cube reduces their cooldown of scroll of sealing. So basically, it's a cooldown reduction. Yes, I don't really see that as really. A viable talent. I mean, yeah, you get your you know scroll scroll of ceiling a, a little bit quicker, but you can take other talents later on to get that. So, I you know it really to me it comes down to either taking Kanai's cube, which is the damage the hero damage uh, uh, the reduction, or Emerald, which is the healing reduction. And the healing so, reduction is ridiculous. Yeah, it's like you know basically it turns a Lily's uh, ult into nothing. Seventy five percent for four seconds. Yeah. So. Once again, you know, knowing who you're up against is important and choosing which talent to go with. A lot of uh, burst damage, take a nice cube, a lot of healing, sustain, maybe like a white main, you know, or any a healer. burst healer who is like yeah. going to be Lucio. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Lucio's not as good for that because yeah, he's, a tri- cause he's a trickle healer, right? So anyone that's going to be bursting. Yeah, like shields. You know, like a Rhaegar would be a great count really, to count. Yeah, Rhaegar's good. Yeah. You know, Uther, stuff like that. People who suck yeah. it, who blow a cooldown and then it's over, right? Then that's a, then they have to wait for their whole rotation to come back online and then they can do it again. Because <laughs> then you just yeah. deny all of it. So level ten, you know, you, you have the stale uh, listen, which once again, if your team can, if you're playing coordinated play, I think stale uh, listen has a lot of value. Because you could basically just stun everyone, sleep them for a long period of time, and then just focus one or two people down, you know, and, and take them out of the game. Um, Lornado is great for zoning. I, some, like on maps like Sky Temple, really Lornado is awesome. I really like Lornado. You know, when, when the boss pit, when everyone's like, you know, trying to get the boss, you throw a Lornado um, in the middle of the boss. And, you know, it's like, or you're trying to protect them and stop someone from I, I really the boss. find Lornado to be more fun in uncoordinated play. Because you can use it kind of like to pull people into your team to set up that like snap kill, you know, kind of like a slow, right. like a poor man's hook, right? <laughs> and, and it's not a short enough cooldown that you can kind of throw it out in that way that it's not mm-hmm. like a wasted alt. Right. So level thirteen is the is the tweaking, uh, uh, the tweaking, um, the one that's been tweaked the most. Ancient blessings for since the release was chosen almost exclusively. I mean, I chose it all the time. That's because it was on a 30-second cooldown. Now it's up to 60 because of all the, you know, HCC play. This is the activate uh, uh, Fortitude of the Faith to uh, empower nearby uh, allied basic attacks for 8 seconds, causing them to deal an additional 62 damage in the area and heal them for 90. So it's like a bloodlust, basically. (laughs) But on on a one-minute cooldown. Um, 
it's still chosen um, about 37% of the time, uh, about 38% of the time total. And its win rate is pretty high, around 48.5. Then you have, a, if you don't choose that, then you can choose between super healing potions, whereas if your potion is, is put out after two seconds, it'll turn into like a big gigantic bubble. And <laughs> Heal for eighty percent more, or you can do push and revival, which is when someone grabs a heal, uh, healing pot and takes it. It'll do an AOE heal of thirty five percent of the um, healing amount. So, you know, I still think Ancient Blessings is the go to talent, but I can see where some people might uh, favor super healing or push and revival, depending on how grouped up they are. Level sixteen, you have a. Uh, the Scroll of uh, Stone Curse, which is a uh, Scroll of Sealing, does 200% more damage. So if you're going that direction, you might go with that. Or Safety in Numbers. And this is the one I like to take because of the um, CDR. If at least three heroes are nearby, Fortitude of the Faith grants uh, additional 10 armor, which is always good, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then causes Deckard's basic abilities uh, to recharge at an additional 50% faster. So the CDR on that, I, I enjoy that quite a lot. And then the last one is Herotic Staff. Um, every five seconds, Deckard's next basic attack stuns heroes. So basically, if you think you can play Deckard as like a frontliner, <laughs> Herotic Staff. It's so funny, because like, that brings me back to uh, Cast OS's analysis of Deckard at 16. He was like, having a stun on a, on a support with a melee attack, that's never going to be meta. <laughs> and lo and behold, I see it pick meta more often now than ever before. On the oh, HTC, really? yeah, it's picked on yeah. HTC, and it seems so strange to me. Maybe because there's a lot more dive comps, and maybe yeah, I think it's it. I think it's a dive thing, and like com communication support, right? Because yeah. if if your support is walking into melee range to engage like that, it's wrong. But <laughs> I think if you're communicating, and they have like someone like a Genji or something who's going to be looking to dive you, you can you can stop that, right? But it's just so funny to me to think that that talent actually gets picked in professional play. <laughs> Like, your support, an old man with a staff, he's going to whack you over the head with it. <laughs> and it's going to stun you. Yeah. Uh. Well, well, you know, I've, I have to kind of look at that and see when people have picked it. I, I, I haven't looked at the pro builds. I have to maybe Yeah, you have to double check that. I know I've seen it a few times, and they talked about it as a hard engage tool, and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so level 20, you know, uh, you can choose between your ultimates. Respect the elderly. This one adds to... Uh, the stay a while and listen it adds a after the um, stay a while and listen it silences and blinds enemies for two seconds upon waking up so you know it, it's definitely one of the the more pick talents especially with that lornado um it's more 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 nados lornado cooldown is reduced by six seconds for every time an enemy hero is knocked back so basically you can have lornados out all the time if you want now where I really think is the uh, the bread and butter is if you're taking any type of flask build, uh, bottomless flasks, basically this basic is a recharge for your um, your healing potions. They just keep regenerating. So uh, that's always good. But for me, since I, I tend to favor gem builds, I like perfect gems because between perfect gems and a safety in numbers, you basically could just be spamming out all your abilities and never run out of mana, most likely. <laughs> so, <laughs> Basically, you know, to me, Decker Keen is the Batman utility. It's the Batman of all the supports because of all of the utility he has, you know. And you can quote me on that. That's my saying now. <laughs> Trademark. How that. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, things that can counter... Uh, uh, Decker Keen does synergize with Alarax, Arthas's, 
Blazes, um, Diablo, Gina, anything with like, you know, hard engage, he's a really good uh, synergy with. And then he can also be countered by Alarak for the silence, Diablo for just because he can go across the map, Karen can jump on him, Tracer, and Samuro. So um, when you're thinking about, uh, you know, you're trying to synergize, it seems like pick the, he synergizes with a number of tanks, most likely because of the armor reduction and sealing, scrolls of sealing. Um, uh, and stay a while, listen. So basically, those two things, these tanks all have an, an engage, whether it's um, Blaze's combustion or even his uh, Diablo's uh, ultimates, um, Tyrael's uh, sanctification, you know, obviously KT just making a, a no-go zone. So I think that, you know, he's definitely, you know, one of those the supports that can actually uh, enable those heroes really well. Um, and the maps he seems to do pretty well on are things like Battlefield of Eternity, Braxis Toldout, Haunted Mines, uh, Infernal Shrines, and Two and Spider Queen. But the maps he seems to have some challenge with is like Garden of Terror and Warhead Junction, you know. Um, yeah. I agree. Not much to add. So that, you know, I thought it was a pretty good discussion. You know, it got a lot of attention. Um, I don't, you know, have, have you played him? Do you, do you find that he, he fits your play style? I mean, um, yeah, I like Deckard a lot. I think if I have to play a hero or healer, I'll play him, uh, more often than any of the other ones. Mm -hmm. Cause I think he's, um, I think he's just so versatile and he just fits really well into the meta and he can keep himself safe and like his teammates safe. Um, I think the one downfall is that people like to do fights Stay, stay in fights too long and that's when he struggles because you have to have healing potions available but your team needs to have the awareness that you do not have a point and click heal like you need to be able to like the, the travel speed of the, the potion is relatively slow right and um, yeah, that's the one thing I, I, I find it to be a little annoying and I think White Maiden has like the same issue where if your team wants to just keep going deeper and deeper and stay in the fight and get poked and get poked, it, it's very hard to keep your team sustained, especially if multiple targets are getting hit at the same time. Yeah, I totally agree. When I look at the HTC builds, um, since Mephisto's balance patch, you know, no level one Sapphire is usually picked. Um, Potion of Shielding is picked at level seven. Potion's Emerald, Emerald uh, Gem is picked at level uh, seven. Ornados or, you know, Stay Awhile Lessons, Ancient Blessings, um, Scroll of Stone Curse uh, uh, is usually picked up at uh, level 16, and then uh, Perfect Gems uh, is picked up at level 20. Or, I really like the uh, in Infinite Flasks. It's just so good. Or Bottomless Flasks. There you go. It's basically now, <laughs> You were saying who, there are some folks that are taking the uh, Herotic Staff. Yeah. Uh, where where I've seen that it looks like OCD bud uh, uh, Octalysis Octalysis. buds. Gotcha. Yeah, on Frontal Shrines, he's taking it. The one was a uh, no team of Spire Queen as he took it. And it was a win. So and it was a standard build. Stay a while, listen, and he chose Heraldic Staff. So it was um, uh, the team Octalysis versus Team Freedom, uh, two of Spider Queen match on. Uh, September 29th. So if you look at that match and you watch the Decker King, maybe you might see, you know, Bud's... Uh, That's done value, son! <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking through this. So he's done it twice, and 
who was a uh, RZUF from, in, uh, I guess it's R, well, I'm not sure which team he's on. Holy, oh, it's Holy Bananas, I'm sorry. Holy Bananas on the 7th, uh, RZUF, he took it um, against uh, T Roll20 Esports most recently. So he was coupling uh, uh, Bud's uh, build, uh, but it was a loss. So No, it was a win. I'm sorry, it was a win. Okay. So the team comp for that was Anubarak, uh, Deckard, um, Dahaka, Hanzo, and Rayner. So maybe the stuns were to empower uh, uh, Hanzo and Rayner a bit, you know, because it, uh, yeah, so it might have just been been that. I, I'd have to, like, really want to watch that match to see why they would be doing that. Um, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much for that build the community really did uh, kind of it provided a number of tips and trip uh, rationales for why they would pick it when heroes obviously I think everyone's kind of feels ancient blessings has been nerfed nerf batted and maybe a little bit too nerfed but we'll see still be he's still being picked in uh, professional play um, he's still he's still picked a lot of times on uh, hero league maps I'm in too so yeah I like and it let's close Let's close that with good old White Mane. She was uh, she was uh, yesterday's hero discussion. I get stressed so. out when I play her, because <laughs> <laughs> I always like I'm like I I I think I spend too much time to kind of just um, go on a little tangent here, but I spend too much time um, micromanaging the the desperate plea stacks, because I, I like I only I rarely ever go to three, rarely. And I, because I don't want to see my blue bar go away, like that psychological thing of like seeing that negative negative go up to like three quarters of your bar. I'm just like, no, I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> I know it's silly, but it's just so nerve wracking for me. Yeah, I mean, I haven't put much time on her, you know, in the in the mm -hmm. in my match plays, only because I guess I'm, you know, I found the sports I like to play, and right, I haven't yeah. felt the need. To pick her up, but I do, you know, we do play against her, and like I said, in in team fights, she just sustains like, like there's no other business. So if the team knows how to group up with her, uh, she gets a lot of value. Um, you know, going over uh, her level one talents, and I think you already did a build: um, uh, martyrdom, clemency, righteous flame, pity the frail. Right? These are the four level one talents you can choose from. Uh, the one that's probably picked the most is Clemency. Uh, it seems to have the, the highest pick rate, and this is activate to cast Inquisition on an ally hero, healing them for up to 371 um, of three seconds while uh, channeling. And passive reduces the Inquisition cooldown by four seconds. So basically this is like your way of keeping, you put up your cues and then uh, uh, you then cast the, the Clemency and you know, keep everyone healed. Um, so that seems to get the, uh, the most uh, the most value followed up by martyrdom. Each stack of desperation increases the des desperate please healing by thirty percent. So that's the two that most people take. Righteous flame, which is when you know you did your build, you seem to kind of favor that whole e build kind of thing. That gets it, it gets chosen you know about five percent of the time, and it has one of the higher win rates for her. So um, at level four. You have a choice between Unwavering Faith, High Inquisitor, and Indulgence. Uh, the 
one that seems to get uh, high inquisitor seems to be the one that gets the most choice and that's uh, casting inquisition increases uh removes all stacks of desperation and restores 75 mana per stack removed so this is how she you know uh uh, the, uh that's our, that's how you keep the sustain up and so that's the one thing i use is mana so a lot of people favor that um moving on to level seven uh Zellula spirit um, this is upon reaching uh, two stacks of desperation, what she gains this, uh, a zeal stack. So a lot of people find that to be uh, somewhat uh, interesting, but then cleanse, right? That's always, uh, that's the one thing that she gets and that's the intercession, which on a 60 second cooldown, uh, activate to make an ally unstoppable. So this is unstoppable for one second, but she also gains a stack of desperation as a result. So if you need the cleanse, you take it with the uh, Inquisition. This is, you know, it's funny because like Brightwing got got her uh, cleanse built into her kit. So mm -hmm. it was, yeah, it's kind of interesting, so, right? I mean, it's a 90 like, second cooldown, right? Is it right. 90 or eight? Yeah, I think it went up to 90 with the most recent yeah. change. Um, so the, the one so, thing I do want to parallel with White Mane, did you get to 13, right. level 13 yet? Not yet. Okay, go ahead. I'll, 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 but, save, I'll save my but, comment for that. Cleanses are back. That's what yeah, I guess it's true, uh, right? But but she has a caveat to her cleanse because she gets the desperate plea stack. Right. But still, when you need a cleanse, you need a cleanse, right? Yeah, I <laughs> so mean, it's, like, it's better than not having one, right? Exactly. So, um, uh, level 10, uh, between uh, Scarlet Aegis and Divine Reckoning, everyone seems to be choosing Scarlet Aegis because it uh, grants nearby allies and heroes uh, um, uh, forty percent spell, forty uh, percent armor for four seconds, and heals for two hundred fifty. So that's a pretty, pretty massive, uh, you know, um, heal. You know, and I've and basically when there's a team fight engage, she's you know she gets all of her, um, uh, you know, the desperate pleas out, and then she's uh, uh, sustaining, and then she can do an aegis to you know, continue to keep everyone protected. So basically, you know. It's like you have to fight two uh, health bars, basically, <laughs> uh, uh, for each hero, which sucks sometimes. Uh, Divine Reckoning, which is after one second, uh, consec uh, uh, consecrate an area for four seconds, dealing 50% damage every five seconds for enemies inside. It doesn't seem to get picked quite a lot. It's about um, a 20% choice. So level 13, this is when you choose between self-righteous, harsh discipline, and guiding light. So what do you think? <laughs> so uh, obviously the HGC build is is harsh discipline, right? So that's the right. synergy talent where you you have to combo. It's kind of a hard combo to be honest, because you kind of have to be you have to precast your E, and then already start channeling your W, at almost like a you know, with almost no delay, to make the root work, mm -hmm. and so that means it really can't be max range. Um, but to me, it's kind of funny that they added this synergy in again, right? So this is like the second time they've done it with a support being Stukov the first, where you have to hit with your W and then drop your E on top of it. And then did you have to detonate your pustule? Um, well, I think so. I think so. That's like a three button combo. So it's easier than Stukov's combo. Yes. That's interesting. I never thought about it until right now. Huh, I like that. So yeah, it's just a really interesting combo and very powerful for support to have a lockdown of that nature. Obviously, granted, it's very skillful to do, but that's part of the fun, right? Because you're setting up that singular play as a support. You know, that playmaking potential, which is cool. Yeah. I, I really like the power spikes like that. 
Yeah, and then once again, it makes the healer have some utility. You know, she damages, she roots, but she can also heal and sustain heal also in the process. So she's a playmaker in a sense. Uh, well, you know, playmaker, she's a play enabler. Uh, a, she doesn't necessarily make the play, but she enables all the other ones to make the play. Yeah. So level 16, you have uh, Radiance, Shared Punishment, and Lashing Out. Uh, Looks like um, Radiance, upon reaching three stacks of Desperation, all allies with Zeal are healed for an extra 175%. So that seems like it's a pretty straightforward uh, choice. Uh, shared Punishment, uh, upon casting Inquisition, uh, can chain to an additional enemy hero, and it's a target dealing 35 damage. So basically you get two for one on that. Yeah. And then Lashing Out is uh, Searing uh, Lashes. Uh, second strike seals 25 more damage. So which one do you see the teams going on that one? I don't remember which one, because I remember doing the E-Build in my video, but mm -hmm. I, I don't remember. I feel like the triple stack burst heal is pretty good. Yeah, give me one sec. I think it's pretty good. I want to pull up her, uh, her pro her build. build. Yeah. Because I was, I was playing a game of a quick match with her, and I was like, I don't know what people go here. Like, I, like, I had to stop and think, and then, like, like, I don't know, I gotta really pick something here because it's like right about to be a team fight. <laughs> you know, for someone like me who has like an aversion to, to getting triple stack, I, I feel weird about it, but. Well, it seems like, you know, that talent, level 16 talent, has a lot of diversity. You right. Know, um, some people pick Lashing Out, some okay. people pick uh, Radiance, and okay. some people pick Shared Punishment. It sounds, it looks, you know, it looks, you know, the, the majority of people pick Radiance, but, you know, you see people. Uh, Picking um, shared punishment or uh, you know lashing out um, in order to I guess get additional value from the E you know um, I'm just looking for any um, looking for any patterns here it it looks like only a couple people have chosen lashing out like twice oh, okay. most of it's most of it's either shared punishment or uh, radiance you know. Mm -hmm. Depending on the, you know. And then we'll, we'll go over the pro build in a sec. Yeah, go ahead. I, I just I just asked the question because I was just curious because yeah. I wasn't sure for my own yeah. sake. And moving up. And then level 20, you have Scarlet Crusade, Judgment Day, Subjugation, and Purge of the Wicked. I love Purge of the Wicked. I just love the name. I play a I know. I, it's I, very, I play it's very uh, themed well. Yeah. So it uh, looks like uh, Scarlet Crusade because of the uh, Scarlet Aegis heals for an additional fifty percent more, and it makes the it's a, it's like a gigantic uh, uh, cleanse because every big one becomes unstoppable, so it's like a level twenty unstoppable cleanse. So with regards to pro builds, it looks like everyone is pretty much standardized on clemency. You activate to cast uh, Inquisition on an ally hero, healing them for up to three hundred seventy one over three seconds uh, while channeling. And result, it also reduces Inquisition's cooldown by four seconds. So that seems to be the one most, most of the pros. Every, all the pros have gone in the last, uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, nice. Level four, high Inquisition. Casting Inquisition instantly removes all stacks of Desperation and restores 75 mana. So it's basically just keeping your mana restored. Uh, intercession, everyone's picking, seems to be picking up cleanses. Um, you know, so that's kind of the standard HGC build. Scarlet Aegis is, seems to be the standard level 10. And then um, Harsh Discipline, uh, once again, Searing Lash, while uh, being targeted by Inquisition, roots them for 1.5 seconds, so that's your root. 
And then I, this is where the play style kind of deferred uh, at level 16 uh, defers out. Or, you know, some people take lashing out. Most people take radiance or shared punishment. Um, and then level 20, uh, it looks like if, if you get to level 20, <laughs> uh, Scarlet Crusade uh, or Subjugation seems to be the, the ones that are choosing. There is some a mixture of uh, Purge the Wicked as well. So um, moving on real quick. Mm -hmm. Just to kind of the closer out. Wait to me. With regards to the map, she's the, the hero she synergizes with, Rhaegar. So this double support, she can double support with a Rhaegar, which can, you know, basically she's doing damage, Rhaegar is doing his thing. It can keep people up. Uh, Johanna. Sonia and uh, Blaze are great uh, synergies for uh, White Mane. And then she can be countered by, you know, Anna because she can reduce her healing. Um, Decker Kane, once again, another uh, support that can reduce healing. Stitches can get her out of position. Um, and uh, Zeratul, you know, because he can just go up and just... Because she has no... She has no escape, right? So that's 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 the thing. But she's in there, she's in there. Uh <laughs> Yeah, she really has no maps where she's really strong with. Um, but some of the maps she might uh, not be as strong because of the the, the engage is like Battlefield of Eternity, Braxis Hold. Basically, a lot of two lane maps, um, Infernal Shrines, or uh, that makes sense. Queen. You know, these things where people are going to group up on you. Uh, I have played against uh, White Means and Tomb of the Spider Queen though. Um, oh really? Yeah. So it's but it's like not our strongest map. Yeah. Maybe because of those close quarters and those close rotations. Same with um, Infernal Shrines. Everyone's kind of grouped up, you know, when on the objectives. Um, Haunted Mines, Braxis. Once again, two lane maps, everyone groups up. So Zeal is, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, one of the things you have to kind of make sure you get out. And then uh, Desperate Plea, um, is the only uh, ability that costs her mana. So any type, if you're looking... Oh, I didn't you know, know that. Thing, I actually did not. Yeah. Huh. So basically, when you're using Desperate Plea, you have to manage your mana. So any of the... If you're going Desperate Plea route, you have to... A lot of people, that's why they're focusing on taking the talents that reduce the... They regenerate mana, you know, for that. Um, I mean, the W one is pretty broken. You get so much mana back on that talent at level four. Yeah. When you're casting Searing Lash, you want to make sure you cast Inquisition right after you cast it so you can maximize your DPS. Yes. Uh, and yes. you should always make sure Searing Lash is out there because it doesn't cost any mana. So we can E, E, E. Don't, don't conserve your E. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that either. <coughs> I'm learning so much about how to play White Man better right now. <laughs> and then the last tip is uh, Scarlet Aegis. You can use it during team fights to apply zeal to allies without the desperation costs. So that's another. So you know you can initiate with Scarlet Aegis and then you know begin your attack, and you're healing them, and you know you're saving the desperation costs as, as those things roll off. Then you can cast it again. So cool. So yeah, it was a good discussion. You know, the, when I one of the things that was interesting is one of the um, wikis. Lister is hard, but then she's classified in game as, as medium, which caused some controversy. I think she is kind of hard to play because you have to kind of play a different type of healer. There's so much microing going on. 
Yeah, exactly. Because you have to keep stacks up. You have to do... I think what would be useful is to have, like, a little UI element that would show, like, the zeal timer and then the, mm -hmm. the hero's head, like, by the health bar or something mm -hmm. to see which ones you have it on already. Because if they're off... Yeah. Because they're off frame just a little bit, you don't know who's got it anymore, right? Because, like, part of my thing is like okay i need to have it on the i need to have it on the tank at all times because they're the ones that are going to most likely take damage first right and then you have to t like from there it's kind of like okay the mage damage dealer needs to have it because then if that person takes too much damage they can't deal damage then you need to micro that and then from there it's like okay i'm trying to take damage then i need to micro it on myself <laughs> can you see where the predicament i get So it was a good discussion, and like I said, it was good to hear to close out the the hero discussions for a period. Uh, tomorrow we'll be doing the first battleground discussion, mm. and then we'll be doing those for the next. Sneak seven peek, weeks. which one is it? I haven't decided yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm probably gonna go with Curse Hollow because it's one of the the, the old school ones, and people have a lot to say about it. Yeah, I'm sure people have a lot to say about it. So. It's one of the oldest but, ones. It has very little changes. Yeah. So the thing about the hero discussion is we will feature the ones that are featured in Hero League or cool. Team League. And then we'll round out the ones that are haven't been, you know, that they're either in the being the reworked or what have you. So um and then yeah, we'll go from there. So that's all I got for this week, man. It's amazing. We we, we got nothing. like another two hour podcast and <laughs> You're just, you're just talking about heroes and you just can't get us to shut up. Yeah, I know. We got a lot to say. I wonder, do people, I wonder what people listen, like, how, do people agree with us as they're talking, as they're listening rather, or do they, do they like stop and are I they think, like, shut up? No, I think, um, I think when I listen into the Nexus or, yeah. uh, Gangbush or those guys, what I'm doing is just, I'm like driving into work or I'm, I'm you know, cruising in i usually just use it as background noise and uh, i do okay. engage i do engage you know I, I do listen to what they have to say yeah and the, the more they talk about heroes the more i'm interested the more it's like sometimes some of the other podcasts they might get on these weird tangents about you know fun things or things that are like they're talking about a certain league that they're kind of they yeah. might get you know they get a little deep on that stuff and i don't understand all the innuendo so but for the most part oh, okay i see what you're the, saying they all have the standard format that we follow. You know, they talk about uh, their impressions of, like, say, Team League or, you know, what's on Reddit this week or what have you. Um, you know, and I do find that interesting. Um, you know, I one thing I will say is, like, I think the Trolls GG Network, they're having a little bit of trouble with consistency, you know, oh, really? with regards to their, with their podcasts. Um, and uh, uh, one, Liquid is the, the one guy who was running it, but then this guy named Dorsal. Mm -hmm. Dorsil, he um just took over. I think he might have bought it or something. So I'm not sure. I mean, they're doing their they're doing the the uh, they're they're doing the um the 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 troll cast on Thursdays pretty consistently, but the the trolling HTC one's been kind of uh, not as consistent. It used to be one of the more consistent ones because it was the only podcast dedicated to mm -hmm. and and Twitch and dedicated to reviewing all the HTC stuff. Ah, um, I see. So I might reach out to them and see what's going on if they need help. You know, maybe we can help them. You know, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, you know, but uh, otherwise, you know, but all the other ones like Core and you know into the Nexus and you know Lords of the Storm and Gankbush, they're just constantly chewing. You know, every week they never miss a beat. You know, they might like one of the 
their peeps might uh, drop out for a week or two. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, out of those, you know, obviously Into the Nexus, it's really Hero League focused. And, yeah. You know, I like them. I really like Lords of the Storm a lot. I think the three of those guys, they really care about heroes and promoting heroes. Um, they always have, they're, they're always, you know, promoting the community. I really like their podcast. Um, I like Core. I think Core is one of the most well-produced podcasts, you know, production-wise. I think uh, they do a lot of different podcasts. Um, so, I mean, they're all produced well. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're the low-budget guys. I mean, we're just, you know, two guys, a microphone, and, a, and an upload. That, that, these, that, sounds, these, that <laughs> sounds like a start of a joke. <laughs> but the thing about this is, is you and I aren't doing this as a career. This is the how they generate revenue and money. So right, I don't it's their really job. want to compete with it. Yeah, I don't want to compete with them. I want to just be part of their community and another voice. I just want know? to be part and, of Heroes. You know? Like, that's what I like. I, you know, yeah. I think about the game. I watch all the HGC stuff, and I like to be good at it. But I also think there's more to talk about it, too. Like we kind of mentioned before, is like the things we do mimic real life in many ways, right? Yeah. You know, the game of life, so to speak. And there's a great podcast on Aubrey Marcus' podcast talking about this, the, the quote-unquote game of life. And it was really cool. Like, it's really fun to kind of think about you know, life gamified in some way. Um, but yeah, not to change it too far. It, it, it's, you know, like we, we're, we're learning and we're getting our th- stride, so to speak, in the podcast. But I think it was like, there's like some crazy statistic about podcasts and basically like most podcasts don't make it to like episode three or something like that. And we're already, what, this is 10? So 11, 11. 11, 11, 11 yeah. So, hey, we're, consistency beats everything, right? Like you can be the most well produced or have backing from somebody somewhere, but if you're not consistent, man, you're you're not you gonna make it. Yeah. You're not gonna have an audience. I didn't realize any. You can't build an oh, audience. And I don't, yeah, and I kind of left Jules Scott out. I didn't mean to, but Jules Scott is like a different type of podcast. She's a newscast. In my she's book, partnered she's, with Heroes Hearth, right? Exactly, and so her production values are really high. She puts a lot of effort into it. Um, she's different in that sense. She's promoting the game right. much, much more professionally. And she, and she brings in the personalities. So, um, I like the fact that we're just us, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, a fan came on our show, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> don't, don't say something stupid. Don't say something I, I, stupid. I've honestly <laughs> want to reach out. This is kind of like a side note, but I really want to reach out to like Calla and stuff and get him on my other podcast. Cause I think he'd be a really interesting person to, to have a conversation about broader yeah. topics than just heroes. Because uh, I know he does music and stuff on the side, but there's a different conversation. Well, and they all seem to talk about themselves too. Like Kala will tell about his background. Yeah. Uh, Justin, you know, uh, Cavalier Guest likes to talk about his what you know motivated him. So I definitely think they're in, you know they're interesting personalities, and mm-hmm. you know that each one of them has had their struggle. Like Kala didn't start off as a coach; he landed into a coach role. Yeah, so he I mean, he just grew into the role, right? Yeah. It's it's really and, interesting. Yeah, and for me, you know, it's just being part of the community, being positive, you know, being, you know, that's why I did the the Heroes Roundup. It's just, I don't get, you know, a ton of upvotes. I do it just to make people aware there's podcasts and, you know, that they're out there. I mean, most people should be getting, and once they discover the podcast, it should be. Yeah, they don't need, they don't need the, they don't need the Roundup anymore. Right. And more importantly, I would think that uh, what was this weekend, uh, someone did an appreciation post for Into the Nexus. And, Nice. You know, what's interesting is that, um, well, it was it was good, but there's the critics out there. And a lot of people say Garrett doesn't really, he's not really technical. They prefer listening to Kyle. And, you know, I kind of like went to their defense. 
Pence and said, well, you know, Garrett's there to kind of, you know, kind of enable uh, Kyle to, you know, basically he's the setup guy for Kyle. So Kyle can talk technical. So you're not just have this show yeah. where guys talking technical all the time. Garrett interacts with them. They're friends. They like each other. They know each other's style. And they also have their kind of inner monologue and stop, you know, kind of like there's inside jokes and such. And they do other podcasts together. They do like their weak sauce and things like that. Um, so the one negative Nancy, I was, I threw my, my two cents in. And I said, you know, you don't have to be a grandmaster to, to, you know, to do a podcast. All that's required is that you care, you know, about the subject. Absolutely. That's fundamental. Because well, people, care, any viewer is going to know, right? Yeah. Anyone's going to know when you don't absolutely care. Because it, mm-hmm. it just shows in your attitude and how you feel about it and, like, you know, just the ethic you put in behind it, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. And what? And more importantly, I even say that I support these shows with Patreon. All you have to do is give them a buck. You know, it's like a buck an episode. Come on. It's nothing. You, you know, know, it's, it's like, really weird when you start um, doing your own thing. People always ask you, like, you know, do you make money? But why does that have to be the qualifier? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just seems I, so I strange to me. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's why I, I mean, I get it. But I just show I, I use it as a show of appreciation. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I'm not doing it because I get anything. You know, it's like here, here's your one dollar per episode. You get two hundred people, you got two hundred bucks. You get a thousand yeah. people, you get a thousand bucks. Um, you know, and like I said, you know, uh some of the shows like I do support uh Lords of the Storm, you know, much more, you know. But I like their content. I like the way they put it together. I like their authenticity as well. They're just average guys. You know, just just None of them are amazing, you know, grandmasters level players. They're just good people. Same with Gankbush. Gankbush is really diverse. You know, they have really? a silver player, gold player, platinum player. And that's the thing is that's their, their niche is they they got a diversity of players on their team. They're not all a bunch of grandmasters talking about, the, you know, the lily silvers. They try to, they, they pride themselves having the rainbow um, uh, of uh, leagues. And, you know, they seem to, you know, they got now Paradox. They seem to get some of the the, the North America HCC teams to come on their shows sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, we have a healthy podcast community. I think if you have more than, like, three or four in your gaming community, it's it's probably pretty healthy, you know. Um, if not, you know, it just means that people aren't really paying attention. And we have about, I would say, six. We making, we're, like, number six. Uh, six healthy podcasts. Um, and then the occasional podcasters, like once a month or once or bi-monthly or something like that. So I think we were good. We got coverage. And, like, we fit our niche, right? Reddit, you know, mastery. We take a different approach. We're, t- we're trying to, we're talking about what does it take to improve and that kind of stuff where everyone else is kind of telling you, well, you should play Alarak this week because you got a buffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's not us. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so anyway. But... Great podcast. I'm glad we had that. Uh, we could find the, uh, the the material to cover. So if you're looking to catch up with me, you'll see me on Reddit. I'll probably be deleting your post if it's crap. If it's, <laughs> if it's good, I'll be uploading it and trying to give you uh, kudos because I do like promoting people's posts and saying I like things and stuff like that. And you can find me as at, at LDAP TV uh, if you want to tweet at me or you can just, uh, you know, just find me on Reddit. So. Nice. And you'll find me at Eric Wenzel on Twitter, most likely, is probably the best place. And 
I'll just be around, you know. Check out feedingcuriosity.net, shameless plug, podcasts on my life. If I'm not creating one, I'm listening to one or doing another one. <laughs> and I don't need to get a soapbox about how much I care about them and just talking to people about things that are important to each other. So, yeah, I think that's a great place to end it. Have a great week, everyone. See you next week, everybody. We'll be talking about Mel Gannis, and I'm going to say right now, teaser, I'm super excited. I'm going blind all day, every day. <laughs> Let's go.